Are the rumours true that this is out with the flooring porter betting syndicate that we were... They're trying to, to hide the money here, Will. That's what yeah. they're trying to do now. I can either <laughs> confirm nor deny that. <laughs> Subscribe to the Hurling Pod feed on the OTB Sports app now. Hello there, and you're all very welcome along to episode 11 now of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. We are getting along very nicely, lads. We're through the league. Championship is just around the corner. James O'Donoghue, how are you feeling, my friend? A little bit under the weather. Mm. You were meant to be in Crow <laughs> yeah. Park on Sunday. I was, I was. I was supposed to be covering the games, but I'd say I got a bit of a 48-hour bug. Okay. But, uh, One of them myself, Jimmy. You are? <laughs> <laughs> you were the Guinness bug, I think. Is that? <laughs> That's worse. It's highly contagious, that <laughs> No, I'm feeling a bit fresher now. Okay, you're getting there. Well, fair play for turning up today. Uh, was that a dig for not turning up to grow back? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm only messing. Paddy no, Andrews, you, you had you had quite the weekend once more. I have to say, your Instagram game is on fire. I try. I if try anyone isn't following, like Paddy's, you know, is 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 tweeting is a little leaves a little bit to be desired. But Instagram lads, <laughs> get onto Andrew's Instagram account, give him a follow. I'm telling you, this weekend. I know you were down for the there was a was it a charity lawn, a charity golf day in Tralee, but yeah. um, you are not going to give that a miss. No, God, no. I would say arguably the best course in the country. Um, so when you get an opportunity to go to go down and play, uh, you snap <laughs> you snap their hands off to go down. Uh, and it was a great crowd there as well. The weather was decent, uh, kicking off a real kind of summertime vibe to it. Um, I met up with some some GAA legends yeah. when down there from not just footballers, a few of the hurlers as well, Jackie Turtle, the great Anthony Daly. An awful man for the crack. Um, but yeah, that, that was Friday. Great crack supporting uh, St. Brendan's. The division, divisional team. Is that what you call them, Jimmy? Yeah. 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 So day to day and, and kindly invited me down from a couple of months back. So great day down there, as it always is down the kingdom. Uh, yeah. Actually, small friends. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Anthony Daly won't thank you for that photo you put up, actually. I'm just looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yourself and Quinny at the time. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you won't mind that you won't mind that uh, we'll have to get a bit of form. yeah yeah oh no daily daily is top class um and i'm just looking yeah because i can see the daily photo there yourself and quinny have the pearly whites out and daily's kind of halfway <laughs> halfway through his snarl and then yeah, in the other really photo was coming, like. another photo that hasn't made the feed but i think it was on your stories you've got yourself the bomber ogie and then one of our finest herders we've ever seen and niall quinn in the background <laughs> Yeah, what a what a collection! Of, forward line, what a, you just bang yeah. the ball in, put it in anyway. We'll manage. Yeah, exactly. So uh, lads yeah, will go, lads will go for him now. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to find he's out here as well. Football and Niall Quinn, wasn't he? Football and Hurlem, wasn't it? Did he play both? Yeah, was he Jude? Played Jude. Yeah, his, his young fellow was, was very good as well. Was he? He was on the '83 minor hurling team with Dublin, was he? The last mm. All Ireland final, isn't that his story? Yeah, before heading over, yeah, um, I should have checked it before talking about it, but yeah, probably made the right call though. He had a good, he had a good run of it over the UK as well, so no complaints. A, a shout out to Tommy O'Donnell. Thank God I don't have Instagram notifications for the football pod page on, but three a.m. Saturday night, or sorry, one a.m. Saturday night. I met Paddy Andrews tonight at the Oyster Tavern. Absolute gent. And then at 4 a.m. he sends on a photo of yourself, Ogie Bomber, and Tommy and a couple of his friends. So you were still going strong. I don't know whether that's the time the photo was taken at. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. Let's, yeah, yeah, let's get to the football because we had four 
league finals this weekend. We have our league champions, Kerry, Roscommon, Loud and Cavan, a winner from each province. And for the first time since 2013, it's a stat I saw on the GA League Tables account, the team that topped each division won the league title. So ah. um, that's, that's an interesting one. Back then, Paddy, Dublin won Division 1, Derry won Division 2. And if you talk for a second, I'll tell you who won Division 3 and 4. At that time this is well. 2013. 2013, yeah. Yeah. I think so, Derry uh, topped Division 1 the year after, 2014, and then we yeah. played in the final. Yeah, yeah we've spoken before about Derry's um, penchant for quality league teams back in those days. Yeah, their league. Um, yeah, Monaghan were Division 3 champions about Mead that year, and Limerick won Division 4. So, well, what did we won Ulster that year, I'd say, did they? After winning Division 3, I think they yeah, won. Yeah, they did win Ulster. We were talking about that last week, they won Ulster again in 2013. So, um, your yeah, favourite county? Right, so, about Lowe, you said on Twitter that Lowe were going to win Leinster. I, I, hold on now. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I must have uh, blocked him or something after he made that comment. basically saying load of favourites. I didn't say that now, but you did. away here, lads. You did get a, a lot of abuse directed my way afterwards. And you said steady, but a lot of people started weighing in saying that I get carried away with GA analysis. I'm not sure that's true. Sure, I can get excited at times, but um, passion, yeah, there, was, there was a couple of books that got in there. Yeah, there was definitely maybe a little bit of lost passion. To be honest, all I wanted to do was mention 2010. I just said that Louder bringing serious momentum into a Leinster Championship that's probably as winnable as it's been since 2010. So I just wanted to get that we mentioned in there. We are going to get to the four games very, very soon. Paddy, I'm going to set aside 15 minutes for you to pay tribute to your favourite county. Was common. It's the first time that they've beaten Galway twice in a season. League or Championship since 1961. Eamon Dunne had that the weekend. Two weeks ago. We are counting it. Yeah, the Rossies oh, okay. are definitely counting it. Um, okay. So it's their fifth league trophy since 2014. All Division 1, was it? Mm, not <laughs> Division 1, no. Any Division 1s? No, they're the baggies of Gaelic football. As oh, you call so, it. so it's a fifth Division 2 title. Uh, no, it could be Division 3 and Division 2. I didn't know. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. So they're looking. Confirming. Yeah, um, yeah. No, they were good yesterday. To be fair to them, they were really good. Before we get into the football, were you reading the paper on Saturday? I, I wasn't. No, no. I was trying to navigate my way back from Tralee to Dublin. So you <laughs> didn't read? You didn't read your contemporary Philly McMahon's column this week? I take it. I'm not a subscriber. So you can't ah. get, I, didn't, I needed to get him to email them over to me or something before he sends them out. Well, to give for something about plug here. Was there something, uh, about something about Gilroy or something about Ski Wade and there was something about a certain someone sitting on this podcast as well to give Philly his, his due here I, uh, I'd literally buy the end on a Saturday to give his column a read it's that good himself and Fitzmaurice had two brilliant columns this weekend on Saturday right. some really good GA coverage this weekend across the papers but yeah it's, 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 it's a really good piece talking about <sighs> the title is How to Not Win Friends and Still Influence People so it's to do with the psychology of managers and, and coaches and how to get the best out of you and he tells a yarn about Pat Gilroy and uh, Mickey Whelan around the start of his time in with Dublin. And he says, Mickey Whelan keeps calling him Vinny. <laughs> and he's like, I'm on the Dublin panel two or three years here. This Mickey knows my name, but he keeps calling him Vinny. So, you know, it, it, it's like, you're too slow, Vinny. You're too slow, Vinny. You're not good enough, Vinny. Come on, Vinny. For Jesus' sake, Vinny, come on. And one night, after being roasted all night by Mickey Whelan, never mind the players in the Dublin panel, Pat Gilroy says to him, Philly, will you call down to the house after? I want to have a chat with you. So it's around by St. Clair's. Philly calls down to Gilroy's. Yeah. Gilroy gives him the tour, uh, <laughs> introduces him to the wife, Not shows him around the house. Like- Next thing he says, Philly, come on in here and we'll sit down. And he tells Philly that he doesn't actually like him. Yeah. And Philly had kind of suspected that. What? And he's kind of thinking, I'm actually in bother here. Am I going to be thrown out you here? You have like- to remember the context of this, lad. 
Pat had just finished playing. So Pat oh, yeah. taken over. Pat was full forward on the Vincent's team that won the All Ireland in 2008. And Vinny's and Ballymoan would have had a pretty tasty uh, rivalry. Uh, yeah. Most definitely. So, yeah, it was yeah. a unique thing with Pat taking over. People forget that. He had I didn't just realize. finished playing with the club. Like, it what was, age it was, was a ma- mental appointment to take it over at the time. Was it, was it that mental? Was it that mental, yeah? Yeah, because he hadn't. He's obviously unbelievably successful off the pitch and a highly intelligent fella. Yes. But... Uh, but in terms of actual coaching experience, it was it was a bit left field at the time. Like, what age was he? Had, was he was he forty? He's what? only fifty. He's only fifty now. So he was late thirties when he took over. I didn't realise he was that young. He he, he yeah. was full forward in 08. Yeah, on Paddy's day when they bet. Did they beat Cross again in that final? I can't remember. Vinny's won the honour. Uh, that was full forward. Was a Cross in 08? It was Nemo in 08, I think. Nemo. I think so, it was Nemo. Yeah. Yes. So I'm not surprised that Pat would have said that. I'm not surprised with the style of how Pat would do that. He was very, uh, mm. very sharp. But, lads, just, his interactions and stuff. Like everything he was saying, it might seem like it was off the cuff, but very rarely was anything off the cuff. That, Pat. That's that's the point that he was getting to. And it, it was literally like, I, it was kind of like, I, I don't like you. And, but, it wasn't in that yeah. kind of a way. It was more so what they were trying to do was trying to challenge Philly and wind him up because of Philly's background and where he's from and the type of character that he was, that the more you challenge Philly McMahon, the more the, the beast or the player or the aggressor yeah, will come yeah. out of Philly. And that's kind of how they tapped out of him. Whereas Philly, when he was in this kind of sense, he was new on the panel or whatever. He wasn't sure of himself. He was nearly shirking away from it. But after that, there was no looking back. So that was the kind of... Part two of the story. Part one was about Ski Wade and how bloody terrifying he was as a coach, and how Philly. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Philly's actually still afraid of Ski Wade. Um, so, uh, so that was that. That's an anomaly so, there, right? Ski Wade was like that as a coach, but he's he's actually a florist. <laughs> that's his, really? genuinely. That's his gig, and we, we well, met him. He's Vincent's man, man as well. Like so, he was with Pillar under Pillar's time, and uh, we met him. His family were over. We were on a team holiday, and he, Ski was over there with his family. What an absolute gent. Of a okay, role. but when he was coach, yeah, he was uh, old school. He had a fear factor about him because yeah. the story Philly tells is um, Ski puts him on jail in a Jason Sherlock in an A versus B game and says, "I want you to get stuck into him." First yeah. time Philly puts <laughs> yeah. his hand on Jo, he says Jo gives him a look as if Jo himself will be cleaning the jerseys after the game. Philly doesn't touch him again until the second half when Ski pulls him aside at half time and tells him, "If you don't do what I tell you to do, you're gone from here." So Philly just lays into yeah. Jo in the second half. So it just kind of shows you the the rites of passage. But Paddy. The point of this story and the reason that I brought it up, and I'm surprised you didn't see it, is that there's a yarn in this about you in this column. <laughs> and when yeah. I asked you about this last year, you denied it on the pod with Andy Moran. So let me just read out Go this on. segment. I don't think you can let the, the football pod listeners down a second way, second time. So basically, he just told us about Pat Gilroy bringing, us into his, bringing Philly into his house and what went on that day. Yeah. So he says, show me a sports psychologist who can manipulate an athlete like that. Jim Gavin was different, though. He got to you in other ways. The worst thing Jim could do was take you off. That was crushing. And the only one of us that was ever in Jim's house was Paddy Andrews on that famous night when one of the lads gave him Jim's address and told him that it was the venue for a late night party. I don't know if it was actually in the house. It was more maybe at the front door. I don't know if I actually Jennifer actually let me cross the threshold. You ring the bell. So tell us what happened. Jennifer, Jim Gavin's wife answers. answers. We definitely, people have heard this one before. This has done the rounds a bit. Like, um, I don't know. I, I definitely wasn't in the house. I was actually told at my wedding again. The first time Jim kind of acknowledged it <laughs> nearly 10 years later. 
Um, yeah, we were out. We, we were playing you guys in the semis, Jimmy. So we bet Cork on the bank holiday Saturday night and I was injured. I, I'd missed the Leinster final and the Cork game with my, uh, with my grind. So I was actually back in the squad for, for the Cork game. I didn't come on. I still wasn't right. Um, and we won. We kind of struggled to, to, to beat them anyway. But after the game, Saturday night, lads are going out Saturday, Sunday. Bank holiday, like top class. Like It's a good couple of days ahead. And Jim pulls me aside in the dressing room after. He goes, you're not to go out. Like You've missed the last two games. You'll be playing against Kerry in three weeks. You need to get get yourself ready for that. And I was like, yeah, Jim, spot on, 100%. Like, I was ready to go out training myself that night. Like, but sure, once got on the bus with the lads, and one thing led to another. Anyway, I was. The wolf. The wolf. The wolf. The wolf, the wolf, the wolf. was most certainly out. We were out on the Sunday as well, and the North Siders were over, and we were in Swords, I think. And the Southsiders were over in um, the Orchard. It was in Rathfarnham. Carly was kind of organising that. So he was on to me. And I was like, yeah, I'll shoot across the M50 now. I'll be out there about five, six o'clock. Uh, everyone's going back to Mick McCauley's gaff, supposedly, for a party. Like. So I said, look, I'll get a crate of cans, get in the taxi across the M50, send me the address. I never even crossed my mind. He sends me this address. I was like, yeah, spot on. Be there in 15 minutes. Pull up outside in the taxi and uh, look pretty quiet now. This is about kind of just after six. So the crate of cans and taxi driver's like, yeah, this is the address. And I was like, mm, all right, there's no cars or anything. It looks pretty quiet. So march up, bang on the door. Uh, this woman opens the door like, like I'm here. Uh, <laughs> I'm here from a college party. And she's like, she looks at me like, and she's like, no, 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 there's no party here. And I was like, what? Mix just sent me the address. He said they're all out the back. She goes, no, there's no party here, I'm telling you. So I was like, all right, closes the door anyway. So I go down to the end of the driveway, ring Mick on the phone. I go, you, what's the story? He goes, some woman's just after answering the door there. He goes, ah, oh, that's my sister. Don't mind her. Just barge boy. We're all out the back garden. <laughs> so I go, right, grand, spot on. Turn around even more. Kind of. oh, Straight through. I'm ready to go here now. Bang the door. Jennifer opens it again. And I go, what's this? They're all out the back. Really, as if I'm ready to march by her like, with a crate of cats. And she goes, Paddy. And I go, what? And she goes, Paddy Andrews. And I go, yeah. And she goes, this is Jim's house. And I kind of just stopped. And I was like, first, literally that's the first time it dawned them. Kind of mid-stride into the hallway. And she goes, this is Jim's house. He's upstairs. Will I get him? <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm off. Oh, oh my god! I, I, you know what? You just you'd never sober up as quick in your life. Oh, literally turned around. I, I, I knew I was out of my injury because I ran out the driveway. Rang Macaulay and the boys. He had me on loudspeaker They're around the corner. The orchard is about five minutes from where James living, and uh, oh, they were all howling. Oh, I can imagine. Day. Got around to the orchard then, standing ovation as I walked in. Left the crate of cans with the taxi man. Brilliant. But that was it, yeah. So don't go out, don't do anything, and then arrive at the manager's house 36 hours later. So that played me against you guys to the semis though. So he got away with it. Got away with it. Maybe Jennifer, maybe Jennifer never told him. No, no, he knew. <laughs> he, was he was at the top of the stairs. He didn't want to see me either. Oh, well, come here. Would Jim Gavin not have known if you were out? Like, say, you, could you get away with that in Dublin? Like, well, the, the lads were allowed to go. You wouldn't get away with it. Like. But the lads were allowed to go out. Like, Jim was always. But if he asked you a, not to, like, yeah, he wouldn't have been impressed with that. <clears> I have to say, but he never said it. He was to be trained. That was on the Sunday then. 
we trained back training on the Tuesday we had a meeting before training and I was like ah oh. everyone knew about it all the coaches and all they're all taking the piss out of me like, and I was thinking this fella's going to bomb me off the panel or something and he didn't say a word about it um, we actually never spoke about it again it was brought up a couple of times at team nights out and stuff but uh, yeah Different style. That is a classic, in fairness. That is a smash. It was a story. very good gag, I have to say. Yeah. Not great at the time, but uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I have All to thank I have to thank Philly McMahon for putting that into the column. Because when I asked you that last year, I'm 99% sure you didn't give it as good as you get. You gave it there. So fair play, Paddy. Thanks for letting us all know. Truth hurts. Um, truth what was I going to say? Great. James, you said there that you wouldn't get away with that in Kerry. I presume all the Kerry boys run coppers after winning the league final, were they? Is that what would have happened? This year? Yeah, or was that kind of what you would have done after a league final three month a month until you're down in Parky Rin playing Cork? No, we used to go home. We used to go home. Um, fellas bitching to get back to Kerry, really. Now, really? some fellas would, would get off in Dublin, all right, but I think what happened one time is when we played we played Dublin was there was a bit of, a bit of trouble in coppers between a couple of the players, wasn't there? Between the Dubs and the Kerry boys. And was there? That'd be awesome. <laughs> That happened once. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, were, you not, were you out that night? Can you tell us what happened? I wasn't it, out that night. I was down in Kerry. Oh. Um, but like, it's just, you'd rather just kind of stick together and, and go to the one place because they're yeah. in coppers or something like that. Kerry team, you're only asking for trouble. Yeah. Okay. I think, I'd imagine the Kerry boys would have stayed together. I don't know where they went, but I'd say they would have stayed together and gotten down and gone out somewhere here. I actually... Uh, Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting to hear. I would have thought that they would have gone out in, in Dublin for the night that was in it. When you say there that you wouldn't get away with that in Kerry, going to have a couple of points. Say if there was a drinking ban or something like that. Not even drinking ban. If, if Fitzmaurice or Peter Keane or someone said, look, you're not to go out or don't yeah, go out. Nice. And if yeah. you did, like, they, I'd say they're queuing up to, to ring him to say, oh, they saw this yeah. one for a pint. The, the most infamous story is obviously Tomas and Gooch back in 09. And I yeah. don't know if you remember, but Tomas came out a couple of years later when the two lads, when himself and Gooch both finished and he set the record straight in it. He said, now is as good a time as Annie to set the record straight. So anyways, Kerry had lost the Cork in the semi-final. Well, they got through the qualifiers. Was that a week before, between games? Though? Was the qualifiers yeah. every week then? Yeah. It was something like that. They'd beaten Sligo and I think they were playing Longford Sligo. next or something. Or Antrim next week. But we nearly so, got beaten by Sligo. Sligo missed a penalty. Darren Murphy saved the penalty. We would have lost yeah. to Sligo in 09. Really? And yeah. It was Antrim was, or Longford. Antrim away no, it was, then. It was Antrim and then it was Longford after that, I think. He's nearly lost yeah. all of them. Yeah. And then they went on. It was probably one of the most polished. The quarters, yeah. yeah, one of the most polished kind of all Ireland series that Kerry put together. You wouldn't have been on the panel then. You were too young, weren't no. you? 09. Anyways, Tomas says, back in 09, myself and Gooch hit the headlines for having a few points after we escaped from Sligo in the qualifiers that year. We were dropped for the game with Antrim the next day out. But now that we're both gone, I can say claims that we were drinking together were totally false. He was drinking in Killarney, but I was above it in Dingle. <laughs> so, <laughs> two different spots. But uh, yeah, so yeah, somebody must have ratted them out. Was it Jack? Was Jack? Yeah, it was Jack. Jack the coach in all right, okay. Yeah, dropped him. he dropped, did he drop the two of them? Did I drop the two of them, yeah. I think he did, yeah. Yeah, that was, was a big That was a big scandal at the time. But like, it's stinging nothing either, do you know? Yeah. Well, like that's, well, two best players, that's a week before them. We we never had drinking bands or anything like that. It was always kind of listen. Once you're ready to train, whenever we're trained, if we're trained on Tuesday, you better be ready to go. And that was it. Jim was always very good with that. Like, but um, but no, like 
a week before a championship match, you'd probably be keeping the head down, to be fair. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah but I think it was blown out of proportion because the media got a hold of that at the time and just ran with it it was yeah. like the Kerry boys are out drinking where it could have been literally two or three points after championship match as well it was after one just a week before the next one yeah it's not it's so, probably blown out because of who it was as well like I said yeah. arguably the two best players as well like it yeah. definitely Kerry used it though and Kerry <laughs> were probably better for it because they had the whole the world's against us kind of mentality mm-hmm. that teams thrive off Worked yeah. against us in the quarters anyway. Yeah. That was mental. I was in the hill for that. It was some crack up there. I'd have been as well being up there with you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> for all the use I was on the pitch. We should have went down for a few points with the lads. Yeah. Gooch wrote about it in his documentary, sorry, that old nine thing. He, um, Fuck this, he says. I'm going for a few points after the Sligo game. Just me in a high stool. That's the only relationship I want now. No talk, no <laughs> bullshit. I don't ring anyone. I don't want to be getting anyone else in trouble, but my head is like a ticking tom- time bomb here. And if I don't switch off, I know I'll have a sleepless night. So I take myself into Jade's on New Street. I find a spot where I can watch The God from America on TV. I've always been quite happy with my own company in a pub, and now that's the only company that appeals to me. Now and again, someone slides over. What happened, G? Yara, look, we didn't play well, I say. But I've no interest going any deeper. Um... So that's how he goes on. I knew the rules, of course. No points. We had Antrim in a week. And well, Jack wouldn't need to be Sherlock Holmes to hear if anyone of his better known players were supping Guinness on a Saturday night in Killarney. We've trained on the following Tuesday and the call I'm half expecting comes that morning. Gooch, I want you to come into training early. Feck. Bad news travels fast. Next thing, Darrow Shea is on the line. Just to mark your card, my man knows that yourself and Tomas had points the weekend. You can only imagine the calls are going on. Anyways, longer extracts there. You'll find them online. Callum Cooper from his autobiography. Or go read the book. I'm actually reading Donnie's at the minute. I'm looking for stories. I'm looking for stories of James. So uh, I'll come back to you when I have that. Right, lads, I think it's time we'll get into a bit of analysis just to go through the, the four results. We had Kerry 319, Mayo 13, an absolute whooping in the Division 1 League final. Uh, lots of positives for Kerry. Very hard to read into Mayo and what kind of a performance they put together, but we'll get talking about it. Roscommon won Division 2. Fair play to the Rossies. The Beck Galway, a sensational goal from Jim and Marta in injury time. Had no right to take it on or even take on the amount of players that he did, but an unbelievable bit of genius to bury that into the back of the net. Louder, the Division 3 champions, they held off Limerick. That was a tight game up to about 55, 60 minutes and Loud took off. Uh, There's a moment in that game where it swings and we'll come back to that in a couple of minutes. And then between Cavan and Tip, Cavan 210, Tipperary 15 points. Tipperary hit the underside of the crossbar in the last minute of that game and nearly stole it. But Cavan won Division 4, so the as we know, the two teams are going up already. Um, plenty coming up on the pod this week. We're also picking our two teams of the league. We're picking now, just to make it clear, we're picking a team for Division 1 Division 2 and we're picking a team of the league for Division 3 and Division 4. So there's 15 players that we're putting on and uh, highlighting after the the seven rounds of the league and the, the four finals. So we'll be talking about that a little later on the pod as well. And you can send all abuse and uh, corrections into the football pod on Instagram as well. Um, just before we take our break that we always take, just we'd like to pass on our sincere condolences to the family and the friends of Red Oak Murphy from Sligo passed away last Friday. Um, terrible, terrible news. And um, yeah, just to pass on sincere condolences to his friends and his family and his teammates from Curry and Sligo and DCU. So um, take care of yourselves and uh, we'll be back straight after this talking a bit of football on the football pod. You're very welcome back to episode 11 of the Football Pod here with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. Lads, let's get straight to it. 
how the hell do you stop David Clifford? James, <laughs> like, come on, give us some of the inside scoop here. We know he's a freak, but like, he's just so strong. How yeah, I think that's the thing that he's highlighted over the last couple of weeks. His strength, if you're one-on-one with him, he takes you on. But what he does is he gets his hand across the defender's hands so they can't tackle him. Like he kind of gets his hit in before they actually grab him. And he's just so strong and tall that he can just bat them off and go around them. Like the point that he got off Plunkett when... um, when Hora gone forward, yeah. Yeah, he got caught up the field and got turned over. So Plunkett was caught on him. And Clifford knew, I'm going to take him on the outside here, just put my hand across. The strength that that takes actually do that. And it's just effortless by him. Like everything he does is just effortless. But if you're saying, how would you stop him? <laughs> I personally think that that is the story of this summer. That's the story of the championship. Either how did someone stop Clifford? or how Clifford won the All-Ireland for Kerry. Like, that is the way it's going. It's going to be one of those things. Either someone has to come up with some plan to stop this man, or he is just going to ramp it. Because he's, got, he's just incredible at the moment. The only thing is, it is early. It's the 4th of April today. He's getting better, Jimmy. He is getting I, I, better. I know we're going with this, but he's getting better. Yeah, he is. He, he, no, look, th- there's no doubt. I just think it's going to take a team effort. And the way that Mayo left O'Hara out to dry the last day was criminal. They like for the goal, dry. They did. For the, goal, for the goal, right? You're talking about one of the best players ever on a 2v2 inside the 45 receiving a kick pass. Like that is not acceptable almost. Do you know what I mean? Like Ganey, I think, was the other player in by the D. Yeah. Ganey just vacates to low Clifford, take on his man on the outside. Now, in fairness, it's still incredible the way he breezes past O'Hara. Even when he's trying to tackle him, he just shrugs him off and finishes it with a lob, basically. But to leave him 2v2, you need an extra man back there, minimum one extra. But the thing with Mayo is, I think, they actually rely on their defenders to get a lot of their scores. So their defenders are often attacking all the time. So when they're turned over, they're not back there. They're going to have to change that because if they're leaving Clifford and Ganey inside in a 2v2, forget it. Forget it. But that's the thing, James. May have kind of always played like that. and It's, it's an admirable way that James Horn has set up his teams always, that we play man-to-man. But if, if that's the case, like Plunkett gets up and gets two points yesterday, but defensively, did, did, did May offer anything really from the half-back line? You're relying there, if your half-backs are going up, that Jordan Flynn and Matty Rowan are kind of dropping back and maybe sitting on top of the D. To cut that out, but I don't think I'm thinking. I was watching this yesterday, and I was thinking outside of say O'Hara, Oshin Mullen, who could mark Clifford mm. from any county one to one? Like I, I don't think there's someone there's that's going to keep that's going to keep that guy to less than maybe four or five points from play. Cork fans, be, Cork fans will say Sean me and Captain relatively quiet that night, but but yeah, I but said it Kerry won Kerry won no, no, in, in twenty twenty in twenty twenty that night. Yeah. Oh, and last year as well. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. But, but it's it's just a case of it needs to be a defensive structure to do it. Like say Tyrone to an extent, you know, he scores eight points last year against Toronto Semi. If he probably stays on, it could be a very different conversation of who goes on to win the All Ireland. But yeah. it's a defensive structure. You look at what Kerry are doing at the other end of the pitch. How they're shutting down teams. So yes, you're relying on. Tom O'Sullivan picking up one of the most dangerous forwards, but it's it's a communal effort. That's been the most impressive thing we've seen from Kerry to date. Again, another shutout yesterday. One goal conceded in there, what, it's 11 games to date this season. Very impressive. Very, 
in the dead rubber. But if you're relying on one man to just try and deal with Clifford and just say, right off you go, manage that, you are asking for trouble. And it was just, the longer that game went on yesterday, like a horror, I see him get a bit of stick, obviously on, online and stuff like that, which is not great, but mm. I think that was more a reaction to maybe TG Carr highlighting any sort of tactics he was trying to use to try and get, get an upper hand with, with Clifford, but he was completely left on his own there. I, that, that's yeah. just not going to work for, for any defender, not just Park or Horner, but I, I think actually, the, the symptoms of that, Tommy, yesterday, and Mayo were absolutely wiped all over the pitch. Their midfield, like Ruan, who, who, who's had a brilliant league campaign, I, I was one of the best midfielders last season. They were, him and Jordan Fleur were, were completely outplayed by Thurman O'Connor and Jack Barry. The Mayo half back line without, okay, they're missing Paddy Dirk and they're missing Ushie Mullen, arguably two of their best defenders and, and real leaders in the team. Their half back line offered no resistance either. So, so mm. the platform Kerry had, the possession they had, it was literally like shooting fish in a barrel then, just popping the ball at the Clifford. So it was kind of a systems failure all over the pitch for Mayo. And Parker Hoard was probably just the, the symptom of, of what was happening all around them. But look, it's, it's hard to get a read on it because, again, James, you touched on it a couple of weeks ago. That, are Mayo really interested in winning the league or not? Even James Horan speaking afterwards, you don't get the sense they were overly perturbed by that result, despite the fact it was a 15-point drubbing. But it certainly in felt terms like of wrapping up the league as a whole, Kerry, you are without a doubt the most consistent team throughout. All the other rivals with aspirations of winning the All-Ireland had those up-and-down results. Mayo and Galway, we've seen it yesterday, they were the same. So Kerry, well-deserved the champions. And you're right, this could be the summer of Clifford. Um, everyone has got to be waiting to see how teams try and stop him or can he shoot Kerry to the All-Ireland final. If, if the Kerry tourism sector ever takes a hit, they should just put a ban on David Clifford playing outside the county and just say that he's only allowed to play in Kerry. And not that the Kerry tourism sector ever struggle, but like, you know. God, no. You could just build. Tally. I can confirm. It's yeah, it's just like he's just unbelievable. Like he's just it's actually such a pleasure getting to watch a footballer like that because he makes it worth it, like he's just the little bits and pieces that he does, shrugging off defenders. Actually, just Dahi Mulvihill uh was in touch and he was asking, is there such a thing now as the Clifford nudge? As in like it's becoming one of his defined moves that he just shrugs off a defender in the last twelve months. I have a theory on Mayo. If they're on a Tommy, can I just say James, you were touching on it there. Without a doubt, his physique, and we touched on himself with Sean O'Shea probably over the last 18 months or so, but it's nearly when he gets the ball, he's trying to go by for goal every time. And if somehow the defender kind of holds him up and gets across him, that's where he just shrugs the defender off and he'll just take his point instead. Like, mm. but, but it's nearly the mentality he has when he gets it. It's like, I'm going to go by this fella and try and go straight for the jugular. Yeah. And... It's just that ruthlessness, but he has the physique now to match what he's what he's thinking. Yeah, yeah. Is, is he twenty three? Twenty three? Is he even luck? Yeah, like, I know it's it's unbelievable. This is already an incredible CV he's putting together, um, but he, he's getting better. He look literally looks like he's getting more confident. He's dealing with the rough stuff, which he's always going to get. And yeah, O'Hara is highlighted, but he's going to get that every week, and it's still not putting him off. So. It's just, it is. It's exciting to watch. And what was a pretty dour final, lads? Mm, it was, it was, we it was poor. fireworks in that game and, and it just didn't materialise where Clifford was really the, the yeah. shining light over the whole game. I think, James, it's fair to say after the game in Tralee, we were all sort of wondering, 
it hasn't been proven now that the Mullen matchup doesn't work on Clifford, that Mayo were losing too much from Mullen going forward. And we were wondering that would Ahura be the man for it? But it's that, for me, it's that first point where I think Boric Ahura, aside from being in front of Clifford, which I don't think he can do when he was in that much space, he nearly does everything right. He's on him, hands on him, he's pushing it back. Clifford's going away from goal. He's going back, falling backwards and still curves a beauty over the bar. It was just like, oh, okay, he's that on was him. a sensational score because yeah. you're right, Ahura did everything right. But if you're Ahura, you're thinking... Lads, will someone stand in front of the D and stop that 30 yard little soft pass the game he gave him into his chest? Like there's no one that can stop that. Once once he makes the run, unless you foul him, he's going to win the ball. In fairness, O'Hara stopped him from going for the goal, but he, he threw over an outrageous point. Mm. But even for the even for his point, do you remember the one where he gets it on the left half forward kind of position, maybe a bit more inside? And he ends up swinging it over from the left with the left. Yeah. yeah. Remember that? Paddy, the Paddy Anders point. Yeah. He actually never took a point like that, lad. <laughs> <laughs> he actually took like three solos before he even shot it. Like, In quick succession. Going, I've held this fella up. This fella is unbelievable. Give me a hand. Everyone else just grabbed their There's own. Left left. I, just thought, I just didn't think, I thought <clears throat> more kind of team defence based on that but mm. it was more a case of O'Hara you deal with him I'm dealing with my man and it does not work that's why <laughs> Tyrone are probably the only crowd who are going to rattle carry because they actually will have that system they can get the bodies back like it felt like they were trying to sacrifice Cohen on Clifford to, to drop back and next thing Lee Keegan is put on Potty Clifford you know 15-10-15 minutes in like for me, it seems that Mayo are the type of team that if they're not all, they all feed off each other's energy. And if they're not operating at 120%, you're yes. getting a performance like that, right? You're, get, you're not even going to get a grand performance. You're getting it where they look like a shadow of themselves. Do you see the way they play lads like Jack Kearney and Connor Loftus in the half forward line? And they're nearly like middle third players where they can sort of fill in a midfield or be an option on kickouts yeah. or they're physical. Would it be crazy to play like a cornerback as a wing back and just sacrifice them because let's call it spade a spade Mayo aren't going to find the extra shooting forwards that they need so maybe they just give up one of their half forwards and put a bloody man marker or something there to go back as a stopper how many years has Horton been in charge of Mayo like he's first 2011 he takes over probably four years and third yeah seven never really gone down that road yeah it would be a massive departure for him to do that Um, they're not going to face David Clifford every week either I think if Mayo were to play Kerry later on in the summer, they would have to have some sort of plan, more so than they had yesterday. Like, like the silver lining for, for Mayo in it, and I agree with you, Tommy, that they're, they're a very emotional team. That, that for Mayo, all their best performances is, is, is when they get the crowd involved, their players are involved, and they, they feed off each other. They were so flat yesterday. They were so flat in last year's All-Ireland Final against Toronto. And it's in those type of scenarios where they're not feeding off each other. They don't have that energy. The crowd aren't involved. That's when Mayo are really ordinary. And you could see that all over the pitch yesterday. Not one of their key players influenced the game. Matty Rowan taken off. Aidan O'Shea, very, very much on the fringes of it. Lee Keegan as well, not even getting forward as much. And bear in mind, look, they're missing. Ushie Mullen, Paddy Durkin, Dermot O'Connor. Arguably their three best players. Yeah. In Lee. Killian, Killian's the fourth. So he, at least he's back on Killian's the pitch. Back, he, gets, yeah. he gets 20 minutes 
Ryan O'Donoghue, who, who been brilliant for him throughout the league, did not come here on top of his battle with Tom O'Sullivan at all. And it was that type of day for me. Mm. That type of day. But Look, at, there's one thing I'll say, right? Last June, Kerry hammered thrown by 16 points, 615 to 114. Now, I'm not saying there was any rumours that Mayo were training in the Phoenix Park in the morning of the game, but it certainly looked like they were. They were so, they were so slow, Paddy. And like, Mayo, Mayo aren't slow. They're explosive and they're dynamic. And we talk about their half-back line. But Paddy Clifford put on the burners and he should have had two goals. Rory Byrne, in fairness, Rory Byrne, deputising goals again as a shot stopper. Had a really, really good game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was bizarre to look at. Speaking of speed, I, it felt like Gavin White was only operating at 80% yesterday, James. By God, that boy is quick. Yeah. And what he does, he relieves pressure because even when Mayo kind of pressed Kerry and they got two or three around him, he was able to just put on the afterburners yeah. and get us up the field. Yeah. And in fairness to him, he creates goal chances. Like he, the, the ball he gave for the backdoor cut just where he lifted it over to the defender's head for Ganey for his own goal yeah. uh, was clever. Like the, they'll create a couple of those set plays in every game, I'm thinking, in the championship. Like teams have to be very aware of Gavin. Um, but even when McCaffrey was playing for, for Dublin, mm. we used to be caught, we'd be thinking, do you put a defensive player on him or do you try and pin him back? So now you're even having a conversation about the opposition's wing back. So you're getting way too... You know, involved in it. So, it having such danger in your half back line is so critical. But from oh, I think what Mayo were were poor at the last day, and look, they were flat. They were flat. That was it. But they didn't have any shooters, or they didn't have any confidence in their shooting from say thirty five yards. They kept trying to get it into this into the D into the sweet spot. Now, I've been involved in teams. We did a lot of kind of data. We did a lot of research. You need to score from the scoring zone, which is the D, right? But Mayo kept going in there and in there and in there and getting turned over. When we were playing, it just reminded me, when we were playing Donegal in 14, we knew that we weren't going to get any shots from that area or we might get a couple. But we said, look, what we'll do is we'll shuffle it wide and take on the shots that are maybe a 60%er rather than an 80 or a 90%er because we had kind of decent kickers. Now, we kicked a heap of wides that day, but at least the ball was going wide and they had to kick it out. So we were defensively set. Yeah. Whereas what happened with Mayo was they, they got wide, but they didn't take the shot. So they came back into the middle, got turned over and got counterattacked. And like when you're getting counterattacked against, and we saw with Dublin and Armagh that time where Dublin were giving the ball away to Armagh, they were launching it in, goal chances. Same with Kerry the last day. So they have to take the shot and just get it wide to reset the play. On that 60%, it's really interesting because clearly, Paddy, Dublin, I don't know, maybe you had similar conversation because all I remember from that quarterfinal is the exhibition of shooting from Flynn and Connolly in that first half, but points from outside the 45 in 14, like an outrageous amount of shots. Had you had a conversation like that, that you would take shots from far out and not, try and kill it? that day, no. We learned lessons from that game, the defeat, but that was just the two lads, but um, they were unbelievable. Like, and we actually, we have a goal chance, I think it's Burno in that game, that if he scores it, like, we would have went. Probably like, game over. Points up. Yeah, yeah. It would have been game over, but... Because we lost that game, we did, definitely took that lesson going forward that against certain teams, you had to start moving the ball. The centre challenge just wasn't going to be an option. But would you take so, Would you take the decision to, as James said, take on the sixty percent option? Yeah, that's what we, if you were if you were competent to do it. We didn't want everyone 
mm. having a pot from the sideline. <laughs> that's that's not where we were getting at, but we understood we would practice that. You'd have certain guys who would be comfortable from shooting out there and then have li- license to do it. Exactly, yeah. Mm. Um, but like I said, Mayo, Mayo just didn't have that yesterday. That, you can kind of see the Paddy Talley effect there where and you can see the throughout the whole National League where Kerry are filling up that centre channel. They're, they're, they're clogging that up and they're forcing turnovers for teams. And, and the Gavin White thing is interesting because I, I still think Kerry's A game is, is kick passes. Do they want to get the ball up the pitch? I thought Darren Moynihan did it really well yesterday. I thought Darren O'Connor can do it from midfield. But they want to kick the ball up the pitch, you know, kick to the half forward line and kick inside. Teams are going to try and counteract that. We seen it in the Munster Championship last year in Turles. Tipperary yeah. were doing it. And having someone like Gavin White then, if there's 12 or 13 defenders back, you need someone who can break lines. Yeah. And he is a unique player in that carry team. He made Guys are all fit, they're strong, but that raw pace and we would have used McCaffrey and McCarthy on our team massively for that. That if, if teams were clogging it up but we couldn't get kick passes inside, that was still plan A. But then we had these weapons as plan B. And you're right, mm-hmm. James. I remember the play for Gavin White. It looks like Mayor were going to turn them over going down the Hogan stand or the, the Cusick stand side. And he literally just burns around the outside of two or three players. Like yeah. that, that is unbelievable pace to be able to do that. And he will be massively important for Kerry going through. Probably not as much in the in the Munster Championship, but like say, if they come up against a Tyrone or an Armagh or someone like that, where, where there's going to be numbers back in the defence, you need someone with that pace that can punch through lines. And Gavin White, like I say, just a couple of plays yesterday highlighted what a weapon he would be for Kerry. It's, he had a funny start to his Kerry career because he plays championship, makes a championship debut in 18, right? He's Kerry captain in 2019. And going into that All-Ireland final against Dublin in 2019, he still hadn't played a league minute for Kerry because obviously with the Dr. Croaks campaign, he'd been injured in 18. So he's Kerry captain going into an All-Ireland final. Like, and it, it, and nearly, it never felt like we, in 19, James, we saw the white that we're seeing now. Obviously, he's matured into a much different footballer. Yeah. But, but then they put him on McCaffrey in 19, in the first game. Yeah, we played him, we played him forward match. against against Tyrone in the semi and then again in the final yeah, I'm McCaffrey. Um, but see, that's the thing. You can't match up like for like, really, because it's on nobody. It's on it's on McCaffrey's terms. Then, mm. so like oh. White just had to react to him. Whereas I think that White can take it. He can do what he wants from the wing back position, and the other team has to worry about him there. But I suppose the captaincy issue. You know, I don't know. Did it affect him? But it, it could have because yeah, I don't know. It's such a. Uh, it's such a, I don't know, just a mistake of a rule. Just give the it's captaincy to the, to the captain. Don't give it to, to a fellow who's won a, won a club. But I mean, like Gavin is a leader in that team now. Um, oh, you can see it. And his, his professionalism, his athleticism, everything is, is leadership worthy now, definitely. Yeah, I'm just seeing on a Kerry profile here, it must be from a couple of years ago. Gavin White, six foot and 77 kg. Surely he weighs more than that. Or maybe he is only that. He is light. He is light. But he's so powerful. He there's not an ounce on him. Um, you'd see him running in the national park in Clarny, and honestly, he's bounding around the place. He's he's like a deer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's just kind of um, a, a bit of a fitness fanatic, I'd say. You know, and that's what that's the X factor he brings in with that pace. Okay, final one on Kerry. Surely the goalkeeping conundrum or the back and forth has been settled now. Shane Ryan 
I think it was 100% on his kickouts at one stage, Paddy. We were talking about 60 minutes in. 60 kicked minutes. An, he kicked an unbelievable free. Actually, it was actually the same spot that Dean Rock had that really difficult last-minute free against Kerry in the first 2019 game uh, when when Kerry had Tommy Welch and David Moore on the back post ready to do a bit of a lift in case it was going over the bar. Do you remember that one? But it was from that area. Really, really good free. Um, I thought he was really impressive, Shane Ryan. So, I don't know. Is, is Shane Ryan going to be starting in Parky Rin in May? I would have thought so. And, and we're the same. Anytime we would have played against, against Kerry Shane Ryan, we always, we would have focused a lot on his kickouts. And I think he'd 100% that day as well. And we've been putting massive pressure on it. He got the opportunity yesterday. I thought he was excellent. Not just the free, but the kickouts, it's so important. Like Mayor, we're trying to put a press on. Yeah. Fair. And he was still picking his men out. I think he's settled that debate. I think Jack will be delighted that he's performed like that. The last thing he would have wanted was a nervy performance there and he's back to square one with the goalkeepers going into the Munster Championship. I think it would be Shane Ryan's to lose from this point. And I think that's just another another plus for Kerry heading into that game. It's, it's a question mark that's been removed, I feel. I'd be amazed if there's any more messing around with, with the goalkeeper position now we're heading into the Championship. Just game. to give a bit of an insight into Shane Ryan. Yeah. Shane Ryan would not be far off the Kerry panel as a full forward. Really? Yeah. A couple of years ago, he was touching goal whether he wanted to be a goalie or a forward. He was playing full forward for Ratmore. He was outstanding. Outstanding. And um, Is he I'd agile? Say he looks like a big guy. Like. He's a big guy, but I suppose when he's six months of training under him, he kind of does lean out a bit and kind of get more agile. But once, you, once you're in goal, you're probably, you probably lose those attributes a little bit. But you saw when he had the ball the last day and he just broke out. Do you remember he mm. broke out? Now he kicked it away in the end. <laughs> Killian was running after him like, <laughs> he looked he looked natural coming out but it's interesting to just just see he has the outfield skills and they kind of transfer mm. I think well into the, into the goalkeeping position but there's, I think he'd he nearly be on the panel as an outfielder if he, if he worked at it there's a pretty I can't remember the, the brand or the, the company I think it was a small Kerry company or a young GA company that had it but there's a shooting uh, drill on YouTube um, in Fitzgerald Stadium and it's Shane Ryan against David Clifford I actually think Shane Ryan nearly beats him in it. No, I taking, think it's Shane Was that Shane Murphy? You're having a mare between Shane Murphy and Shane Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that out, right. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> um, on to the Division 2 League Final. All right. That's Now, I know the first game didn't matter, but Roscommon have now put 120 on Galway in back-to-back mm. games. Um, it was a good game. It was a great game. It was the game. best game of the weekend. Very entertaining. And I think, yeah. did we all feel like Galway had, had turned it around with five minutes to go? I I wasn't entirely sure. That before the game, I expected Galway to win it. Shane Walsh not playing was obviously, was a blow. Um, it was a funny one, that one. Yeah, it was kind of even, obviously level at half time, but the third quarter, the Rossies pull away, they get into a five-point lead and they're full value for it. And you just think Galway just seemed so flat at that point. Mm. Seem, I don't know what they've been doing training-wise. Then they bring in Shane Walsh, which was more surprising then with 20 minutes to go. So you're thinking, is this guy injured? And why would you risk him at all if he's had a knock when you're playing Mayo in three weeks' time? Or if he's not, doesn't have a knock, and you're going to bother having him on the squad, play him from the start. Because mm. he is a catalyst. He kicks an unbelievable point when he comes on. And it raises a typical Shane Walsh point. Comber then gets back into it again. I thought Comber was actually quite good inside. He probably just didn't get a lot of ball. And then Conroy was obviously sensational yeah. from, from, from midfield. But outside of that, 
Galway were, were just really, it just seemed like they were passive on the Like Matty Tierney gets two late points, but he didn't really influence the game. Sean Kelly, the same. It looked like, but that third quarter, Ross Campbell were full value for it. Um, and and the, the thing both teams have, and, and fairness to Ross Campbell, this is never an issue. They have guys that can kick scores. That has never been a problem. Tony Smith, yeah. Ed the Smith, Kieran Murta, Dermot comes on, and is there a hint of steps? Quite possibly there are, but what a finish to, to win it for them. And I think Ross Cobb did deserve it. Even yeah. though Galway finally got going a little bit with Shane Watson's introduction to bring it back, I think Ross Cobb were full value for that win. And I just thought, I think it was an odd one from Galway, similar to Mayo, not, not as bad, obviously, but they, they just seemed flat in that game. And you're thinking, did they take the right? Are they focused? I know the Mayo game in three weeks is the be all and end all for, for their season, but. I just think that the way the league has finished with them, they've lost a bit of momentum going in. And see, Paul Choice even comes out afterwards and probably harsh words for, for a lot of the players as opposed to Paul Connery says he's kind of carried the team on his own. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that's the best preparation going in. They, they sit around two hours later, you know, it's definitely not for Mayo, the preparation going into that game in three weeks. But I think, oh, we missed, missed the trick there. And I don't think there are many complaints that the Rossies come out on top there. It's, it's a funny one because like, for me, it feels like Kerry have put their chest out and they've made a statement now by winning yeah. the league title. I don't know what goal we would have had to lose if they'd done the same thing. And maybe they did approach it that way. Um, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm not giving Roscommon the credit they deserve. But looking back in the league, personally, I feel like Roscommon were nearly quite lucky to get into the league final. Sure, they were unbeaten and they drew both their games. But... And maybe we were just over-egging Derry. But it felt like Derry were the form team. And it felt like Derry were the team that had their chest out and were making a statement. And Roscommon did well to get through, finish on top and win the league title. I actually just think I've been infected think by Paddy Andrews. I medal I've, as well. It was a two medal. I mean, I've, oh yes, down in, down in the hide for Shane McGuigan missing or getting that, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we're, we're not just, we're sleeping on Roscommon again. Like Roscommon are realistically have a great chance of making another Connacht final and have a great chance of taking on a Mayo or a Galway side who are A, going to either, like, it's very hard to call that semi-final, Mayo and Galway. Like, as you said, they're both coming in flat now. But Tommy, Roscommon have probably two trophies that they can realistically win and would have a good year if they do win. That's the mm. Division 2 league title and the Connacht title. Like, they're, they're probably not going to step up to win a, a Division 1 title or an All-Ireland. So, in terms of them having a great year, like winning the Division 2 title is yeah. a great thing for them to win. Do you know? Absolutely. So I think yeah, that it's probably good to acknowledge that, that they're, like, they are coming, but they're probably still off that, that elite. Where, where, whether Derry would have rattled Galway, like we saw what Galway did to them when they had the chance, they, they beat yeah. them comfortably. So I know we said that Derry were coming, but in the end, the two best teams were probably in the final. Mm. But for Galway, for me, Galway don't have enough emphasis on defending. Like... They have a kind of a mentality of have a shot so we can get the ball back and attack ourselves. You know, that kind of way. They, they don't get, seem to James, have... James, I get the sense from both, both of those teams, yes. That's the, the yeah. challenge for, for Galway or Roscommon to go on to the next stage. Like, Roscommon win and they're, they're great forwards. I've always said that. But they concede 22 points. Yeah, you can't themselves. do that. Like, that is, a, that is a lot. From a team that were not fired. Like, Parag Joyce has said as much. Like Galway were nowhere near 
the levels they would have wanted to get to and they still scored 22 points mm-hmm. and it was a brilliant game to watch a really nice yeah. game to watch all the lovely scores but, but there wasn't any scores that were, were really hard work like no. th- it was easy a Comer got a score at one stage he received a pass on the 40 turned took yeah. a solo and a hop and slapped it over and it was a great score but like you think there'd be another body coming to defend like, the, one, the one bit of bite and I want to go back because I want to get that statement from you again that era go on have a shot we just want to have the ball back because I want to hear from you the one bit of bite was Kieran Malloy and the Smith. They had a bit of a ding-dong battle going on throughout that game. Malloy was tagging him for a good bit of it, wasn't he? Yeah. But like, yeah, do, do you really feel like the go-away defenders are like that? I just don't think they have enough emphasis on enough, kind of, enough pride. What's that? He's trying to tee you up here. <laughs> yeah, you, you know you've already burned your bridges in Toronto. I don't know what you want me to say, but I'm not saying it. Galway again. <laughs> but they, like, I'm soft, sorry. Have, <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> what to say, Jimmy? That I may have been driving that. it last year, but I put it out there that Mayo bullied them physically and mentally in that kind of final last year. Galway had put themselves in the position. There were six clear at halftime. And Mayo, there's that slam that O'Hara does. Was it on Walsh? I'm not sure. When Walsh tries to stop his run, O'Hara slams him. And O'Hara was getting a lot of stick for it. And it probably, I think he, he, hurt, he hurt Walsh. And I'm not advocating for that. But there was a sense that you're not going to put your hands on me. Do you know? Yeah. But I'm not we, saying go where soft. I'm not saying that. They, I, I really it, like their team. We <laughs> Keep digging. <laughs> we said it about Galway a couple of weeks ago, that they don't have those kind of two very high profile or kind of marquee defenders where they can play a more expansive approach. Mm. They have to get bodies back, but when they get bodies back, they don't seem to actually stop the shot from being gotten off. Like Roscommon just got a shot off. No problem. Like to score 22 points and lose is very disappointing. There's a lot of, there's a lot of work to be done to kick 22 points. Yeah. to still lose the match. You know, I don't know. I, if I was them, I'd be concentrating on, on that. You know, they're fine going forward. Once Shane Walsh came on, they got eight on the bounce. Yeah. But the going Kerry, forward, they're fine. They just need to get get it straight at the back. Did Kerry ever have a year or two where he felt a little bit too loose in defence? And I'm asking this with the 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 guys of Paul Murphy playing as a defensive wing forward. Like he clearly, if it's Morris, clearly felt like he needed something else defensively. So he was sacrificing. And even Peter Keane sacrificed Mm-hmm. attacking forwards for defensive minded players so clearly Kerry tried to address that in that way at I times. think w- what we had probably at times were kind of a lot of inside forwards mm. um, and then kind of midfield players where if you look at the Kerry team at the moment Paddy Clifford is an out and out forward but has a defensive mindset as well and can Minehan. get back same with Dara Minehan mm. and Adrian Splan probably is a middle third player but definitely has the emphasis on going back yeah. So they're still kind of the same mindset, but the players are probably just, um, they're kind of more attacking minded at the same time. I think you have to get that balance right. You can't just go, right, we'll put it back there and off you go. You mm. have to have the attacking threat as well to, to, to rack up your 20 points. Otherwise, you can just play all backs. Mm. And that's, that's my take on it. I don't think you can sacrifice too many. You have to have the, the threat going forward. Like, don't always play six scores. If you're, you're summarizing, because like after the Ulster Championship, the Connacht Championship is the next most intriguing. Like yeah. Who are you calling that game in three weeks' time? I was going to ask you that exact same question, Paddy. I was going to put you on the spot. How do you feel at the minute? Like I, if you asked me this two weeks ago, 
I think Galway had massive momentum. I was impressed. I was really impressed with their win at Derry. Yeah. Okay, that the last league game against Roscommon, they clearly kind of said, look, we're resting everyone. That's what I expected them to come out with a really big performance in the final. Um, but I, they've lost that bit of momentum. But then you look at Mayo yesterday. It's, it's probably harder to get an accurate read on Mayo because of where they are as a team. They're, James Horan's attitude to the league, I don't think they've ever been overly pushed on it. But also, just the players they were missing. Like they're missing their four best players, I would say. The two O'Connors and Mullen and Paddy yeah. Durkin. They, you'd imagine they're all going to be back for that kind of championship game in three weeks' time. Mm-hmm. You're looking at like the outstanding players yesterday for, for Galway were, were the two most influential was Comer and Conroy. You would imagine Mayo will have players ready-made to mark those two players. Mm. Mayo aren't going to come up against a David Clifford again. And as good as Comer can be and as going to be curious as Shane Walsh can be, I feel Mayo have players that can shut them down, mm-hmm. that are really suited to shutting those players down. And then it's a case of, can Mayo get the firepower going? Can Ryan O'Donoghue get back to his kind of peak scoring what he was throughout the league, to be fair to him. Jason Doherty as well, had a really good league and then completely shut down yesterday. Killian gets 20 minutes yesterday. It's a big ask for him to go and play. He won't, be, he won't be right for Galway, like. He won't be able to start against Galway. <laughs> but I think he's going to have to be. And I think they're going to have to risk him because that is, if he's not there, like he will be a big loss for Mayo as well. I think it's a really intriguing one that, but, but I don't think either team is going in with momentum based on, on how the last couple of weekends have gone from the National League, which looks like is a bit of a shame because Galway had that. They were kind of the outstanding team across the divisions. They were steamrolling everyone and they've definitely just stalled a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that's a disappointing one from yesterday. Whatever way they want to dress it up, losing that game to Roscommon yesterday is is a bit of a blow yeah it's a weird one to manage this next three weeks or maybe it's not maybe this is a good spell of time to have between games for like to be able to build up to a championship to get the championship pace are they just going to be horsing into each other in A versus B games for the next three weeks I think I think all we need to go tactical they need to come up with some sort of a plan to stop conceding 120 if they can get that down to 15 points they will kick that themselves so I think tactical sessions been here and then just to make sure that they keep the score down is where they have to go. Okay. Is, is Keane O'Neill big on that change? Is he more the physical side of things? <laughs> he'd be more probably attack minded as well. Like he'd have he'd have great ideas in terms of um of getting scores. In terms of defensively, I suppose he would, but not probably as in tune as he would the attacking side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of Galway. That's why I think they have more to improve on than Roscommon. I think that Roscommon, that's probably what they have. They can sharpen up and get a bit better, a bit fitter, maybe in a week, probably not. But in terms of improving, can they get that much better? Debatable. Whereas Galway can cut down a lot of mistakes there in defence. And Mayo can improve their team by getting Henley, Mullen, Durkin and Dermot O'Connor and Killian back up to full fitness. So there's a lot of improving for Galway and Mayo to do, whereas yeah. Roscommon, arguably not as much. But like, I think what the one thing that the Ross have got this year is in midfield, they've had Eddie Nolan and Austin Harney come to the fore, which has allowed them to play Enda Smith further forward, which has allowed them to play Niall Daly in half back. And it's actually just fixed the structure of their team because I think they were shoehorning boys into the middle of the field there for a couple of years. Um, and it's kind of given them a bit more balance. Roscommon may be in the perfect place to take another comic title if Galway and Mayo can't fix those problems over the next three weeks. Let's move on 
to the Division 3 and 4 finals because I felt like there was a team throughout this weekend and I James O'Donoghue's words ringing in my ears where he he shot down one of the great GA maxims. You you hear you're under 12 and you're under 14 and you're inter-county coach saying, take your points and the goals will come. Well, I don't know who called bullshit in that. He said, the goals won't come unless you go for the goals. And boy, David Clifford went for goal. Jim Roberto went for goal. Paddy Lynch took his goals for Cavan. Liam Jackson took his goal for Loud. But when Josh Ryan was through on goal in the 55th minute, I don't know whether the Limerick management had told him that James Califf has only been playing in goals for three weeks and he's actually a midfielder. <laughs> took his points. Mm. And it felt like that could be a moment where that game could swing. He put Limerick two points clear. He's a big man, full forward. He kicked some great scores already that day. Has had a fine league campaign for Limerick. But I don't know why he didn't just bury that goal into the bottom corner. Now, there were defenders closing in, but I don't know. How did you feel, Paddy, James? Who wants to jump in here? We did speak about this a couple of weeks ago. I think you need to go for the goal. Unless it's last minute and you're a point down, then you can take the option of fisting it. But if the goal is there, what a lift it gives you. What a buzz it is to get a goal in Crow Park. I think just... You have to go for the goal. Now, this is my... If there was two rules in football, I'd change. The first one is goalies coming up taking frees. Unless they sprint up the field to take the free, it takes too long. And the second one is fisting it over the bar. I think that you shouldn't be allowed to fist it over the bar. You either have to make your angle and kick it over the bar or go for a goal. My, minus a point minus take a point off me <laughs> I just don't I don't see nobody comes out of a game going Jesus did you see that score where he ran through and fisted it over oh it was unreal <laughs> <laughs> no it's just some, it, it, some players are great at it some players are really good at I doing it a, I used to get a good few fisted points coming in the end line I had no pace to get around them though, so I just had to throw it over from there like he but, used to get goals from there all the time because he'd put it back across back the post. Yeah. Always back yeah. post. He worked yeah. on that definitely. But I don't but, know. I just think I just think it's it's something you could change. The big, if, if it's glaringly odd, there was a clip from the throw in the week before from Cork and Offaly. Yeah. The war. yeah. It was looking very much like a set play that Cork have and it works. Comes off to a tee and they fist it off of the bar and you're thinking, this is the first minute of the, literally 10 seconds in. The goal is there. I think in the Division 4 final, if I was, I'm sure Mickey Graham, you know, Cavan got away with it, but Conor Madden is coming through at the end. They're two points up. They've like, what's nearly a, four, a five on two probably, and he just needs to square it to his right hand side, and it's a walking goal for Cavan. And for some reason, he tries to take a point, ends up getting blocked. They miss the 45, and then the big man who was a quirk goes down the other end and temporarily hit the bar, and yeah. then we win the game. Underside from, of the bar. The, from the next play, if. It's a glaring opportunity like that where you've major overlaps. You've got to be clinical. Yeah. You've got to be clinical there and, and, and take the opportunity. To, like I say, kill off the game. A goal for Limerick there in that situation and that can ultimately kind of propel them. It knocks the wind out loud. Any sort of comeback there and they could be celebrating the same with Cavan. Cavan get away with it on their side. But they were very, very lucky to do so. So yeah. it is something you see coming in, but if the opportunity is there, you've, you've got to be brave with it, I think. No offence to Califf, but he had essentially retired as an inter-county footballer, a midfielder, very good midfielder slash half-forward. Peach is his nickname. I presume that's because <laughs> of his proficiency off the deck and kicking frees. But I think even he'd admit that he's not there for his shot-stopping ability and goals. He was called back in, um, Gavin Devlin, 
I was listening to Sam Mulroy's interview last week. Gavin Devlin had come up with the idea of giving Calif a call and bringing him back in when Loud lost their, their first choice keeper to injury. And he needed convincing, like. He needed convincing yeah. to go in because he didn't think he could do it. Surely the Limerick boys are saying, surely there's a conversation there. Let's go for gold here, like. Surely that's being targeted. I remember we, we played Mayo in the league game before and it was Brian Kelly who won the Ireland 14 McCarry. He was playing in goals but his debut and he reckons that I think it was Aidan Shea took a shot on him from 45 metres. First play just turned and absolutely smashed it at goals. Because he and knew he it was said, his debut. He knew it was his debut. Sure Aidan Shea wasn't going for a point. <laughs> you know, he said, it wasn't a shot for a point. It was like you'd hook it over, but he just blasted it at, the, at him. No, he caught it like he just tapped it down to himself. But it was interesting that they'd probably mention that, that this fella's on his debut. Just give him a little bit of a tester there, give him a wobble. Yeah. We, no, we would have definitely step. mentioned it. Would he? would have known. Oh, yeah. If, if there was a young lad in or a new guy or he might have had issues, he might have been suspect with something else before we would have known about it. Yeah, be, you'd be dropping one into the square, a point 100%. going short for Paul Mannion. Because there is a lot to be said for a poorly executed effort and goal when you know there's a fella buzzing in and around the full forward line. Just a one to drop short. Yeah. Very, it's very, very, very effective. Um, what do you think, just to go back on the, the keepers coming up taking freeze. <laughs> I dropped Have a go Gallagher here or who are you going after? No, I'm not going he's after. He's going after Cluxon. That's who he's going after. He's going oh, after Cluxon. going after anyone. Hey, did you ever be... give verbals to Cluxon when he was running up for a free? <laughs> no, God, it's no. A... No? Donahue did. No, he said best of luck now with this kick. Donahue in 15, he first thing he does is he tells Stephen Cluxon, you're not going to get it easy anymore. I'm on the pitch now, boy. Yeah. Not in 15. Well, it, was, it wasn't 15, I think, in the second half when he comes on. In the final, Donny he on a fifth. Oh, he came on. He comes on. He chases Cluxon down. Yeah, himself and Philly are chasing Cluxon down the field. But he's alone. He ran alongside him. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it. Like, <laughs> like Cluxon wanted to be clapped all the way from the goals up to the, where the free was taken today. <laughs> I think that it takes too long for the keepers to come up to take the free. If that was a fella standing over the free looking for someone to pass it to, it'd be blown up and hopped. So why does that time? Well, maybe that's the answer. Maybe that's the answer, James. Maybe there's a clock on it. And uh, I suppose same at a mark, you have 15 seconds. I don't even know if that's implemented. You well, I think you do, see, you do see this at the end of games mm. where teams are killing the clock and they call up the goalkeeper. and yeah. They're adding on 40 seconds here. Dude. More yeah. in some cases. Keep, and these keepers half go and then stop and then they call them up again. You do see teams milking that a bit. Without mm. a doubt. Yeah. What happened in three? What happened, sorry, in Clarny? <laughs> last week Kerry against Tyrone <laughs> there was a free and next thing the lad started calling Morgan up and all the crowd went oh <laughs> looking at the watches next thing Morgan trots up Kilpatrick takes it short before Morgan gets to the ball <laughs> five minutes free from the ball doesn't let him kick it and Morgan trots back again <laughs> an absolute waste of time uh, oh, yeah, exactly. I hear you. I agree with you. I don't want you know. I don't know if they should cancel this to points, but I'll agree with you on the goalkeeper. 50 50, I'll take it. But anyway, yeah. loud, loud carry on the run. And I'm, like Samurai, he kicks some unbelievable 45s, but it was mm. Kieran Byrne was the man. Byrne, Casey. Casey was a star today. And actually, Loud have used him as an impact sub over the last couple of weeks. I don't know whether there's been injury issues there, but like Kieran Byrne was a superstar in DCU. Um, went and played AFL for a couple of years. 
quality footballer, but he really showed a le- points off his left, points off his right. He's powerful. The type of footballer that can do it all. Yeah, you're right. He really stood out the weekend. He was the main man, more so. Yeah. For kind of watching Malloy close, he had a couple of chances in the first half. The stats that won the goal chance, obviously, yeah. as well. But I, I was impressed with Mulroy. I thought his campaign, right? I thought his work rate was was very impressive, actually, Mulroy, yeah. and, and it led from the front. Um, and a very he interesting, very fit. Loud. Mm. He runs very a gym well organized. Yeah, very, very fit. They did. So it's no surprise. Look, they're into Division Two next year. That's a big ask, but what they've done over the last what eighteen months, Mickey Hart has been involved. That's. Uh, <laughs> They've got momentum going into the championship. They'll try to make an impact there. Yeah, absolutely. I think the pace of the Division 4 game, it became exciting in the last 10-15 minutes, but it was it was slow. Between two provincial winners of 2020, two teams that could, have, that could have been competing in the All-Ireland final in 2020, if things had gone different ways in the semifinals that year, it was a slow-paced game. And I don't know whether that's because of the way that both teams set up, but um, yeah, I was it was Patrick Lynch that was the difference for Calvin on the day itself so what about before you move on from that one mm-hmm. Paddy Russell's young lad midfield for Tipperary oh Four my points. gosh Where? I didn't know that was Paddy oh, Russell's oh. young lad yeah neither did I I was loving him but then I heard it was Paddy Russell's son and it was like, he set me off back in the day so did he? he went down or not he oh did. he turned you off in, in yeah, against me but wow. uh, Mark Russell four unbelievable points he's probably overshadowed by Paul Conroy for the score yeah. midfielder of the weekend, but if someone was long range points out from underneath the home stand, thought he might have done enough to get to get tip over the line. But yeah. look, I think Cavan looks at the break. At the, they, they look probably a little bit fitter. Tipperary looked like they ran out of gas in the second half, and they were being opened up on the counter attack. Cavan probably could have won it by a bit more. Yeah. But, um, the interesting thing with the division two, three, and four finals, the objective for all of those teams have been achieved mm. already. It was like winning, winning the title in Crow Park is a bonus but all of those teams was like let's get promoted out of this division they've done that I think Tip play Clare is it in the Munster Championship uh, no it's Limerick Limerick and Clare and Tip play Waterford and the winners play each other in the Munster semi-final who's, who's coming to the, who's getting to the Munster final on that side it's, there, there's very little between Clare are probably favourites there's time there's time in Munster not like in Connacht, like there's time to do a bit of work now for those monster teams. There's not many games, so a month, yeah. I'd say I'd still I'd still find hard to back against Tip. Like, yeah, like, really. Like Claire are the strongest, but Tip would put it up to anyone on their day. Like if they if they if they put in a good graph, no, like they they'll definitely improve a lot. Um, I'd back them against Limerick, and then probably Claire. Really, here. I'd I'd back them against Limerick, yeah. I think, yeah, I think they'd be more clinical. It'd be interesting to see. That'll be a good game, but... Yeah. I don't know if we saw the best of Limerick at the weekend. Yeah, I think Lode, Lode probably shut down Limerick. They 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 gave him every kickout. Mm. Limerick liked going long on the kickout and kind of cleaning up the breaks and yeah. Lode just sacrificed the kickout, made him go short, probably stopped their game a bit. Yeah. Yeah, know they'd be very interesting games. That's the, the first weekend of uh, of May. James, you haven't picked up on my two digs about Carry Cork being in Parky Ren yet? I'm just choosing to to let him up. I that game. He's only going after Galway this week. You could have the Cork in a couple of weeks. Is it going uh, to be on in Parky Ren? It is at the minute. I uh, know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, look at it. It's, it's great to see the Cork. Cork are going to back down over that. It's great to see them yes. taking a stand. I'll put it that way. I think there's Irish dancing on in Parky Ren that night as well. Though is there? They'll have to change it to to somewhere else. 
to bring in, bring in. Look at yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's. I don't know. I don't know what way it's going to end up. But um, or can't back down now. The players and management. The county board are now backing them. Down. The county board are now backing them. They had to all row in the same direction. The game's going to be in Porky Red, unfortunately. To be honest, it sounded like getting two years in a row in Parky Queeves was a pretty decent uh, reprisal. But I suppose if you're part of that Cork team, you feel like everything's going against you, you're going to cling on to anything you can and, and create a bit of a siege mentality. So we'll wait and see what happens there. I think Cork, I think Cork, they're entitled to the game in Cork and they definitely have a better chance in Parky Rin, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I think it was a fair deal that that they were going to get one in Killarney, two in Cork. It's happened over the last 10 years. How many times have they swapped fixtures? Mm-hmm. So I'd, like, obviously it's more of an issue this year for them for some reason, but yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see a game somewhere different like Pocky Run. Okay, right. Let's pick our teams of the league. And I say teams because we decided to go with a team made up of players from Division 1 and 2, so 15, and a 15 made up of players from Division 3 and 4. And the reason we've done this is that we think and we feel like if the Talchin Cup is going to be a success this year, it's going to need its own awards night. It's going to need its own all-stars. The stars of that competition are going to have to be profiled and put uh, in the shop window. And we need to see more of it. I actually have a clip of Keith Byrne from Leitrim kicking two sidelines about three weeks ago that I haven't put up yet that I'm going to put up. Two with the left foot. You wouldn't see it anywhere else. Like two sensational scores. But we're just not seeing these scores across the board. So uh, I have done a good bit of digging around Division 3 and 4. You two boys chipped in as well. And then you two boys were working away in your Division 1 team and Division 2 team earlier on. So, Paddy, would you like to take the lead and, and talk us through what way you went about picking the goalkeeper here for the Division 1 and 2 team? So we all agreed on the goalkeeper I sent through. We're happy with that team. Yes. Hey, questions, but I've been turned around. Yeah, yeah, I agree now. One or two. Yeah. It was one or two, I think, wasn't it? Let's hear it. Let's hear it, Paddy. Give me your goalkeeper. Rob Henley. Okay, and why? Why are you going with Rob? Uh, if you think back to the very, very first day of the National League, back when it was hurricane season, and his performances that day, not just in the goalkeeping sense, but coming up and kicking that free uh, to earn the draw against Donegal, which was an important point for him in terms of making the, making the league final itself. I think he's been... You can see he's he's more comfortable in his role now. He, he, his confidence, he obviously had a couple of high-profile issues in the past playing with Mayo, but his performances last year, obviously against Dublin in semi-final, he carried that on throughout the league. But his shot stop nearly goes under the radar because of his kind of his long-range free-taking ability. But I think he was the best over the course of the league. Began is obviously always in the conversation, but his kind of wandering backfired a couple of times, particularly in the Kerry game. Yeah. Noel Morgan, same story. He was probably number um, two, wasn't he, Morgan? Probably, yeah. Like, like, yeah. Dub- like if you're looking at Dublin, changed the goalkeeper a couple of times. Same, Kildare, a couple of changes. <laughs> they were getting a bit excited as well, coming out with the ball as well. Whereas I think Henley over the course of the league was the most consistent. Yeah. He had big moments in goal, but also with his free taking as well. So, he wasn't actually missed too much yesterday. I thought Rory Byrne did a really good job. Obviously, his saves in the first half from from Paddy Clifford in particular, but Henley for me was the the best goalkeeper over the spring. Can we hear your full backline, please? I've got my two carry lads in. I'm not mm. sure on the fort. No, we know we have our fort. We settled on our fort. So oh, did we? Oh, okay, yeah, we were we were going back and forth, but we settled on it. So definitely, that's 
Definitely Jason Foley. I think he's had an outstanding league campaign. We touched on him the last couple of weeks. Again, similar to Henley, he, there's a confidence in him now. Mm. You see, the system carrier playing helps him. He's very rarely isolated. Um, but he, he's been outstanding. And Tom O'Sullivan beside him. I think Ryan O'Donoghue had a brilliant league campaign for Mayo, but he was totally, totally sniffed out by, by Tom O'Sullivan yesterday. But look, we know he's one of the best defenders in the game. But those two guys were outstanding as part of that carry defensive unit, which was really the key success for them over the course of the league. The fourth, the, the other cornerback, who do we settle on? We've gone for Ryan Houlihan from Kildare. He's a fella that, Paddy, I know, impressed the two of us in Newbridge that oh, day. Newbridge. Yeah. yeah. Online saves. Yeah. yeah. And he was, uh, he was quality across the board for Kildare. And I think he had a, a very, very strong, um, a very, very strong league campaign, especially going forward. And he is operating in a kind of cornerback wingback role, but we've put him in there. Unless I got, I got that wrong, James. Did we go for somebody else in cornerback? Did we have somebody no. else? In? We had Ryan Hulahan done. No, I was not. Yeah. All right. Uh, James, half back line that we're gone for here is Jared O'Burns from Armagh. Peter Hart from Tyrone and Tyg Morley from Kerry. We didn't get to mention Morley earlier. Can you talk to us a wee bit about the role that Morley is playing for Kerry at the minute, James? Yeah, I think that Foley's success and Tom Sullivan's success in the Kerry backs does owe a lot to, to Morley's reading of the game at the moment. Like in fairness to Jason, he's marked Reno O'Neill, Daniel Flynn, these fellas out of the game. Mm. Tom with Canavan and Ryan O'Donoghue, like it's hard to do that as we said one on one. You need a fella covering you, and Tyg Morley, very selfless defender, um, positions himself well, cuts out a lot of ball, and just looks after his full back line, which I think is is the key to carry. Um, Peter Hart then wing back. Uh, I saw him in in Killarney against Tyrone and or against Kerry, and he was outstanding. Uh, led the team, dragged him on. Um, they needed to win to stay up and he was the leader there. I thought he was outstanding. He's been excellent all league. Yeah. And Jarley Oak Burns, again, outstanding. Had a great start to the league and continued it. And excellent in the air. Made a big difference playing him wing back. It seems like it's freed him up yeah. because he's a, he's a he's a fellow who's always had that box office quality about him. But he nearly, not that he was getting bullied, but he nearly wasn't having enough of an impact on a consistent level in the round midfield. Yeah. But he's leaner. He's bursting forward from wing back. He's been really impressive. It's interesting because when he broke onto the scene, I thought he was nailed on midfielder for his career. I mm. never saw a wing back spot um, going to be his future, but he's really taken it. I think yeah. that, like like Gavin White, when we say it's kind of in his hands what he can do from wing back, yeah, yeah. kind of pick his times and contest kickouts. I think it suits him. It's so a softest strong position, softest position on the field. Lads, let's be honest. Like. Healthy, isn't it? Like it is. If I was going back again, I'd be a wing back. <laughs> mm. You need the pace, don't you? Yeah, that would be a, a major issue. But yeah, yeah. I was I was a, I was a wing back up to under fourteen, and I I, uh, I don't think I had the pace after that. If you can read the game, though, you don't really need the pace. Go with the I, I yeah, so you got to go six. Then I think you need I think you need the pace for wing back lads. I think that's they it. Do at the moment. That's no, that's a quality quality half back line. I don't think there can be many arguments there. Again, a reminder: just Division One and two players in this team. We have a Division Three and four team as well coming next. Paddy, I want to hear you make the case for not putting Matty Ruan in your midfield because I can't get my head around that. <laughs> Is it a bit harsh? It's just off the back of yesterday. Maybe a bit of recency bias. I thought he was excellent throughout the league for Mayo. And look, he is a breakout year last season. He'll be a massive part of Mayo going forward this season. But I just thought Mayo were cleaned around the middle of the pitch yesterday. So I've gone with Paul Conroy who was outstanding for Galway, right, Division 2, but 
He was massive for them throughout the whole league campaign. Been around a long time, real leader for that team. I thought he was outstanding yesterday. Like kick six points for play. Is no, we know we've touched on the game was probably a bit more end to end. Um, it'll be difficult for him to do something like that against Mayo. I feel in, in a couple of weeks' time. But I thought he was brilliant for Galway. And the other one I went where we touched on him the last probably nearly every week in the pod. Con Kilpatrick. He's been class. With Tyrone has been, Tyrone have been up and down throughout the league. He was probably their most consistent player. He's been outstanding. Again, the confidence he's taken from that season he had last year and that All-Ireland win. He's developed into one of the key weapons for Tyrone. And I think over the course of the seven National League games Tyrone had, he was always always delivering, even when Tyrone were struggling and being beaten in some of those games. So I think him and Conroy were, were for me, they pipped someone like like a Maddie Rowan just because he he such a quiet final yesterday. Okay, that's fair. Well, I don't know if it is fair. I, I was slightly disagreeing with it. Um, but you've made the case very well for Paul Conroy and Con Fitzpatrick or Con Kilpatrick. And like Conroy's shooting yesterday was was exceptional. Magic. Half half forward line. The rock star Rean O'Neill, he was the star of the opening couple of rounds of the league. Sort of tapered off, but you couldn't leave him out of this this team. You've put him eleven, lads. You've got Enda Smith twelve and Shane Walsh ten, I think. That is yeah, yeah. a pretty, pretty exciting half forward line. I yeah. Well, it's I don't know which they do go back fourth <laughs> round goal, but yeah. they'd be good to watch. We are doing a bit of mix and match here because I still think that Rian is a full forward. Uh, I think so too. To stay, but yeah. If you see a full forward line after, they are very much inside players, whereas Reen can kind of do a bit of both. But in fairness to Reen, he was outstanding all league. Kicking scores right and left, put on an exhibition in Crow Park against Stubbs, um, which just launched his season. And yeah. he had a tough day against Kerry, probably. That was his only day where he was a bit quieter, but he still got a couple of scores. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see, does this launch him into, into a great season with Armagh? Because... As we say, Ulster could be there if they if they just light a bit of a fire there, they could win that. Yeah. Um. Enda Smith then, Enda Smith's been around a long time as well, and he very often doesn't get the credit he deserves. Um. He's not underrated, but he's uh, a solid he, player. He, I'd say he is underrated. Like, yeah, <sighs> yeah. Underrated is kind of an insulting term. Like we all know how good he is. Mm, um. Yeah. And he delivers time after time. But the fact, I suppose, that Roscommon aren't often competing for the biggest prize, it does kind of go under the radar. Like we see with the Division 3, Division 4, it does happen at times where they don't get the same coverage. Yeah. Um, but you, need, he, you need your All-Ireland semi-finals. That, you need yeah. performances in those games, really, to, to kind of rise above the noise of the rest, you know? Yes, yeah. But he could have a great year this year. They've won the Division yeah. 2. They could win Connacht, and you never know where it could take him. Similar um, to Shane Walsh, he's a joy to watch running with the ball. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Shane Walsh is Shane Walsh is one of the best players to watch. Yeah, yeah. Walsh so isn't doing well to make it in here, is he? I don't think so. I think he nah, had, no, no, when he joke. Like he yeah, had yeah. he had an injury for the last two rounds, and then he only played a half in the final. Yeah, yeah. Um, but before that, he was he was racking up. Nah, he was class. Yeah, and he creates he creates out of nothing. He could get the ball standing still, fifty yards out, and bob and weave and throw one out over the bar off the right or left. Do you know, he is, you said earlier, mercurial is the word for him. Do you know? The point he got yesterday was exactly that. It was the most Shane Walsh point. Yeah. Just kind of carried along two or three players, nearly afraid to tackle because they know if you go in, his pace and his power, he'll just burn by you. Swings it over with the right. Um, he he has everything. 
we've we've spoken about Shane Watts at length before in the pod. The key thing is, can he get consistency in his game with decision making and things like that? If, as important as guys like Kenny O'Connor are to Mayo, if Galway are going to win that Connacht Championship and have a go deep into the All Ireland, it'll be because Shane Walsh is to the absolute forefront of everything they're doing. He, he's an incredibly talented player, yeah. and that's why you know, interesting. I'd love to know the backstory for yesterday. If he was fit for the last twenty-five minutes, why not give him a go from the start, playing mm. for the whole game? Is there a different result? I'd say there probably would be. Yeah. Uh, Maybe reminded him. He's been outstanding for Galway, yeah. But the more that they concentrate on Shane Walsh, the more space will come available for Comer. Yeah. And Comer must be crying out for Shane Walsh to play just <laughs> to take a bit heat off him. Yeah, yeah. Similar, yeah, interesting this year. Like Paul Ganey, I thought yesterday was outstanding. Five points yesterday, yeah. So selfless. He was on it. He was on it yesterday. He was outstanding yesterday. But he now knows that the attention is going to be on Clifford. So it's an exciting time for him as well to see how much hay he can make. Like sometimes you just want someone to take the heat off you. I think that Shane Walsh and Comer can have that thing going at the moment. The thing about Walsh as well, he, he has this, I don't know if you remember Damien Duff having the same style where he'd slow down, or, uh, get the ball on the left wing and he'd slow down. The defender would come in and he'd, just, he'd knock a bite him and burst by him. Bit, yeah, yeah. Walsh does the same thing with his little solos. He slows it down and poof, he's gone. So yeah, what a, what a joy to watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number 13 who else the Clifford look at I think we've said all we can say about David Clifford move on the Clifford number, yeah, number, number 14 is Shane McGuigan this is a late selection decision James putting you on the spot here <laughs> yeah well we saw once McGuigan was out of Derry's team what effect it had yeah, and yeah. sometimes you don't know what you have until it's gone kind of thing like he is crucial to them and like the scores he's racking up, the work he's doing, I think he deserves to be in there. Again, Ulster Championship is where he has to prove now that he's top drawer. I think he's there, but they, they do rely on him. They're, he's going to get some heat off, um, off those Ulster defences, yeah. but it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. Yeah, it's funny. Shane McGuigan, one of the best man-marking defenders in club hurling. He was tasked with man-marking TJ Reid um, earlier in the year for Schlock Neal this year. He did a fine job as well. Um, Number 15, Paddy, we've, we've given relegated Kildare two players, but there's a good reason why. Yeah, young James Hyland. Mm. Um, I'd say in a team that was up against it, I think he was consistently, maybe Daniel Flynn might get the more, more headlines and the more kind of sensational moments, but I thought Jimmy Hyland had an excellent year for Kildare. Uh, he's going to be a massive player for them. Kildare trying to I hope a Leinster Championship, uh, but his development in Division 1 against the toughest defences, I thought he was excellent for Kildare. He pips, and this sounds harsh and it's me again, but he, he pips Ryan O'Donoghue. And again, on the basis of yesterday's final, I thought it was probably Ryan O'Donoghue's poorest performance. I think Thomas Sullivan got the better of him. I thought he was very hit and miss with the freeze as well, which was unlike him. So... As good as he had been for Mayo, I think Jimmy Hyland in a team that was struggling through the whole league was really, really impressive the couple of times we've seen him and got big scores. Um, and he just nicks it, I feel. We have garnered a huge support base in County Mayo off the back of our friend <laughs> Andy Moran um, being one of our co-hosts last year. I don't know if we're going to lose them all now after you've left both Matty Ruan and Ryan O'Donoghue out. Just remember that 
that Paddy picked Rob Henley in this team. So Paul um, Henley, yeah, Paul Henley. Lads, there's a bit of breaking news at the minute, and it's breaking in the sense that it just broke 45 minutes ago. The pod is going to be out from 6 a.m. Tuesday. Armagh are appealing these suspensions, so we don't know when it's, if it's going to be overturned or if they're going to go through. But there's news coming out that, as well as Kieran Mackin, Aidan Nugent, and Stephen Campbell being handed proposed one man one match bans, and Donegal pair. Owen McFadden Ferry and Neil McGee, I can barely speak here, <laughs> with the anticipation of the news, Reno O'Neill has been handed a proposed one match back. Oh, we'll take him out of the team. Why didn't, going that that why didn't that come out? Why is that come out? I don't know why is it, that's only coming out now, but <sighs> Niall McCoy is reporting it. Niall McCoy of, of Gaelic Life and, and RT, formerly of Gaelic Life and RT journalist, who could be still Gaelic Life, fine journalist from Armagh is reporting that right now. Um, that yeah, I don't know why that had a catastrophic blow for Armagh in that yeah. Dunedin game. Yeah. Shocked. They don't need Yeah, that. I don't understand why that didn't come out before. Um, but it is being reported right now. Donegal have decided not to appeal the bans to McFadden, Ferry and McGee. And so I don't know whether that was for fear that certain other players might get picked out if they were to appeal it and may get banned instead. Michael Murphy and Reid O'Neill are both suspended. Well, well, that's what you said the last year, but I hope that isn't the case um, because there'd be some loss. Uh, like, like from, our, from a neutral point of view, obviously our man are going to want them. Donegal won't. But you want to see the best players. Like that, that will be a massive game in the football championship, not just in the Ulster championship. two Division 1 teams and you've got Reid O'Neill who's one of the most exciting players the Armagh team is one of the most exciting teams to watch. I think everyone around the country enjoys watching them. It would be a massive shame yeah. if if those bands were pale. But then we, we said it last week, lads. Players putting themselves under pressure. Like the last game before the championship and getting it a, a massive brawl like that. The coverage it got. 100%. There's a lot of people picking out. It has out. to be consequences, but, but hopefully they Hopefully we see we see the best players yeah. on the pitch come championship time. It, it remains to be seen what will happen there. Um, but Tommy, yeah. like, you see, like, nobody wants to see those players suspended at all. I hope they all get off. But you can't be surprised either because yeah. when you see the footage, any player inside in that scuffle could have been and done for us. Subs and select, like there's subs and, and boys getting involved that sh- bibs on them, like they shouldn't be on the middle of the pitch, like no, no. And it was so obvious because even the camera angle literally had the whole view, it was perfectly in the center of the camera, there was no hiding from it. Yeah, so, that's the thing, that's the thing about um, division one games, you know, uh, there'll be video footage there, whether it um, excuses you or it gets you caught, there'll be video footage. I think it's trickier in Division 3 and Division 40 games where there may not be cameras set up to capture everything. So you're reliant on the referee. So there, I know there, there can be issues with that. There may be something missed off the ball or something something may or may not have happened. So in that, there's no getting away from it in Gaelic games nowadays. Um, so Ryan O'Donoghue was unlucky. Madhu Am was unlucky. We have three Division 2 players in there. I think maybe Connor Glass or Connor Darty from Derry were perhaps unlucky. There was a couple of us common boys that Donny Smith shot the lights out again. Captain Roscommon, the Division yeah. 2 title. So there were there were players that, that have missed out. Lee Keegan, there are probably a clatter of Kerry boys that we could have picked who, who had quite good league campaigns as well. But that is where we've gone with our Division 1 and 2 team. Now, our Division 3 and 4 team, so we've, we've gone to the task of putting this together as well. This is across the two divisions. So... 
the work that we've done here has been ta- we've we've checked in with a couple of counties. I've rang around, and there is no getting away from the fact here, lads, that there isn't an amazing amount of footage on offer each week. You're relying on match reports, you're relying on second-hand sources and chatting the players and also watching the league finals and the various games that have been on. So what we've gone with is Raymond Galligan in goals. He has led Cavan through a chaotic Division 4. He has kicked his freeze and his points throughout. I think he's clocked up maybe 16 scores. He kicked one, I think, at the weekend. He missed a couple as well. Galligan in goals. Fullback, Porrick Faulkner. Faulkner is one of the best fullbacks in the country. I, I've, I've felt that way for a couple of years. He won his All-Star in 20. Again, led Cavan out. I've gone with Sean O'Dea from Limerick, cornerback and ever-present. Did a good job on Mulroy um, there in, in, in the league final. Kept Mulroy to a point from play. Mulroy been shooting the lights out. He actually scored quite a few against Limerick the last day as well from play. Um, he'd been moving between fullback and cornerbacks. Sean O'Dea, bit of punch going forward as well. I don't think we saw the best of Limerick yesterday going forward. They have some serious runners from deep, but O'Dea is cornerback. And Donald Casey from Leitrim, he would have started the league campaign centre-back. It's his second full campaign, made his debut against Mayo in, in 20. Um, he was a rock for Leitrim throughout the league this year. Played every single minute in their league campaign and he kept, went back to the full-back line. And so he's going to be important to them in their, in their championship campaign going forward. Two Limerick boys in the half-back line and a loud player I was finding it difficult to pick my loud defenders here. But I've gone for Conal McKeever, who has been operating in around the half-back line, half-forward line over the last couple of years. Had a savage game. Apparently now, and I'm hearing this from deep inside the loud camp, McKeever had one of the finest games a loud back has ever had a couple of weeks ago against Antrim in the league. So Conal McKeever is in there in the half-back line. Ian Corbett you'll have noticed he made the Sunday game team of the year yeah. in cornerback Gooch and Rorke picked him there Corbett's my centre-back that's where he plays for Limerick he's their leader he's the man who makes everything tick scored a couple of fine points early in the league as well and I've actually moved Killian Fahey from midfield back to wing back to put him there he's been a boss for uh, for Limerick throughout this league campaign as well so he's there because I needed to get in the boy to give a shout out to earlier on Mark Russell he starred yes. for Tipperary in midfield in the Division 4 League final. Kicked four unbelievable scores. Three of them definitely with the outside of the boot. Was the fourth with the outside of the boot as well? I may have missed that one. No, it was another bomb though as well. Another bomb. Like, yeah. he's actually, I, I think he's a fine hurler as well. He's actually hitting them like a, a wing-back wooden hurling from 80 yards. Just bombs from, from way out the field. Uh, so good to watch. Russell actually only came into this tip team in round three, but he's kicked one twelve since. And I think he's picked up a couple of black cards along the way. But Tipperary were looking and bother. Um, early on in this league campaign they, were, they, they, were. they drew their first game they lost their second game and similar to Loud they won their last five games up until that league final and alongside Russell in midfield I've picked Tommy Dernan from Loud Dernan's been having a brilliant campaign for Loud really good going forward real athletic midfielder has really developed over the last couple of years he's part of this Loud co contingent that are really maxing out getting the best out of themselves um, Dernan is, is looking really good there so Garold McKiernan's in my half forward line. It was yeah. quite easy to pick my forwards. They've in the quarter final. He did, but like, but that was kind of tip set up as well. Were kind of frustrating, was frustrating the cabin forwards. But he was throughout. He was the kind of standout forward for Cavan throughout mm. the whole league campaign as well. He's been around the block for old McKiernan, and he's yeah. still doing it. Ah, he's some cabin. operator. Yeah, yeah. McKiernan, yeah. and he was in a lot of boys' uh, fantasy Gaelic teams. I know that for a fact. Uh, teams throughout this league Mulroy top scorer in the league campaign he wrote it on a whiteboard five years ago that he was the best forward in Loud and he certainly was this year he's the best forward in the country in terms of 
the 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 scoring statistics this year, and he backed it up. I think in that league final. Um, with a with a fine performance. That first forty five, you're thinking he puts the ball down. Yeah. It's to the right. You're thinking this is not an easy kick. And like the yeah. way the GA media works uh, and the, the GA world, I think there was a, a couple of people giving him stick for his honesty. I suppose in his interview with Thomas Niblock last week, I actually thought it was refreshing to hear a fellow like that talking. One fellow I was talking to said, save the whiteboard until you retire and come out with that story then when you retire. But I thought it was brilliant to hear a fellow coming out talking about the standards he set for himself, the standards he's setting for his teammates. And as long as his teammates don't have a problem with it, I don't see a problem with it. I think you've got to aspire um, for a bit of greatness. Now, there was a, a streak of Kobe coming through in a couple of quotes, but I actually really liked it. That was a great <laughs> The only uh, thing is, if chat. we're talking about sledging, he's giving him something to sledge him about, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, was, yeah. it was nice to hear it, but I guarantee you'll hear that back in that Leinster Championship this year a couple of times. But you've got to be ready for it. If you're if you're willing to put it out there, you've got to be ready to be able to take it. Like so, yeah. he's looking. He's playing like a fellow who's bulletproof at the minute. So, um, he's been brilliant to watch throughout this league campaign. One of the stars of the league, Samuel Roy, is there, and Leitrim's keep burn. Um, so a second Leitrim footballer has made the cut here. I'll put out those two sidelines this week. He has starred for Leitrim this year. Has led from the front. Um, he actually got sent off against Sligo for. And an off the ball incident. I haven't been able to get an answer either way from anyone at the game what actually happened. It seems like everyone missed it, apart from an umpire who's at the other end of the field who brought the referee's attention to it. So um, I think Leitrim are actually appealing that this week. Sligo got Sean Carabine's red card turned over. So that was a massive win for Sligo last week. They got Carabine's turned over. That was a late hit in the game against, uh, against Leitrim. Carabine's been one of their stars this year. So that's my half forward line. I've pushed Byrne back there into the half forward line. There are a couple of players who probably feel hard done by here. Sean Quigley didn't make the cut. He delivered again for Fermanagh in Division 3. He didn't make the cut. But I got Paddy Lynch in. I told you about Paddy Lynch going into that league final. He's been flying it for Cavan. He's a young lad. There's a bit of pressure on his shoulders. He could be a marquee forward that Cavan need in there. A lot of quality footballers in Cavan, but Paddy Lynch could be one to step above it. Um, a lot of talk about him underage. He's 13. Connor Sweeney's 14. With 15 minutes to go in that game before Cavan got the goals, I just felt like Sweeney was going to win that game for tip. Just a, a class above. There was one moment where he played three one-twos and they managed to get him on the ball. He put it over the bar. Um, so Sweeney is their marquee man. And when they've got Sweeney in the full forward line, anything can happen with Tipperary. And Niall, Niall Murphy is is the other corner forward from Sligo. I called, I declared Niall Murphy as the best player in Division 3 and 4 um, back in OTBM a couple of weeks ago when I picked the top 10. And I felt like Murphy was there and, and he certainly stood up throughout. Casey Byrne, as we mentioned earlier, Kieran Byrne from Loud. Probably missing out here. Uh, Liam Jackson from Loud had a very good league campaign operating in the half-back line and forward line as well. Um, and a number of other players as well stood out. But we just thought it was it was worth giving a shout-out to 15 players from Division 3 and 4 um, because it's well worth doing um, when detaching couples around this year. So that's your two league league teams. I'm going to be putting them up on Instagram this week so you can, you can let us know on the Football Pod page whether or not you agree or you disagree. Two more bits of house business before we wrap. We have our fantasy champions to announce. And just before we finish, I think we have time this week for only one question from the Football Pod uh, listeners. I, I slipped in one or two earlier on. I'm going to leave a bit of time next week. We've no match next weekend. We'll be building up to the opening round of the championship next Monday or Tuesday. So we will ask a clatter of questions then. So I'll give you a chance to get them in. Um, the one question that I want to ask you is from Emmett Moran. 
how did James and Paddy deal with sledging during during their playing career? I feel like Paul Cahora is getting a bit of a tough time because uh, yeah, I feel is. like David Clifford may have instigated that incident at the weekend because yeah. there is an angle of Clifford John at one of the Mayo defenders, and I wouldn't say David Clifford's afraid for standing up for himself either, and he's not like he's a uh, he needs any saving. No, but like you can't even look. It's it's part of the game. There's it happens not just to say that it happens there. <laughs> all levels of adult football around the country. Yeah. I think it probably get highlighted more yesterday because TG Carr had the camera on a horror for about <laughs> yeah. 90 seconds as this was going on. Um, David Clifford is, will be getting attention off defenders. That is just part and parcel of the game. He's well able for it. It's not an issue for him. He's shown that. Um, and at that level of the game, you've just got to be able to deal with things like that. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's part of the game. Um, and O'Hara is probably getting. Is it a waste of time, Paddy? Because, like, would you have? Uh, I, I think. It, would you have reacted ever? Did you ever react? No, not with Dublin. Never, not even a push, I or did, not even a last shot. Last season, when I was kind of finishing up with the club and I didn't want to play, I was already annoyed. Yeah, you told us so, about that, didn't you? Yeah, I got set off. I threw my first punch in about fifteen years because it was just, to be honest, mentally, I was like, I didn't want to be there. Um, but that's that was never an issue in my. Mm-hmm earlier career playing with, with Dublin or anything like that. So, um, no, it was it wasn't an issue for me. These things happened, and we just get over it. But then, like you do see, some players are are known to be have a short fuse and they might react, and they're probably targeted even more. But with Clifford, he's well able to look after himself. And over the next what five five or ten minutes after that happened with a horror, he went on to put on. You just knew what was coming. Magic display. So didn't didn't really bother me. Jimmy, you probably got more of it than I did. James Donahue was a lover, not a fighter. You were pretty laid back as well. So, yeah, no, at times I, I couldn't agree with agree with you more on both of those. Like Clifford's a big boy, and he will be taking that. He's been taking that for a long time, yeah. and he'll be taking it forever more. And he can deal with it no problem. Um, the only thing I will say is that if we're saying the whole thing this year might be about stopping Clifford. Right. First of all, sledging isn't going to stop him. If anything, you're better off leaving him alone and see will he get bored or lose concentration or something like that, rather than prodding him and trying to trying to wind him up because it'll only excite him. But if it goes beyond that to say something like a, a targeting him maybe physically, then that is something that could go wrong this year. Yeah, like we've seen it. It happened to Gooch um, in a couple of those games against Tyrone, uh, where he got a finger in the eye, and you know things like this. Like you just hope it doesn't go that far, um, yeah. because then it is probably an issue. But in terms of sledging, sledging is not a problem. It's an enjoyable part of the game that you have to deal with. And do you think? Do you really think now? Surely there's times now where it can go too far. Well, how, saying some someone saying something to you. I'll be, I'll be honest. I, I maybe it's the way I look, but there was a, there was a time in club football in Mead where I used to get a bit of sledging, like I loved it, like I was. But the worst I got was I was described as an oaf, or my appearance would be slagged, and I'd be like, I don't, I don't mind, mate. You know, like it. Yeah. That's not going to affect me. <laughs> You'd want to be very, very soft for it to actually affect you. If it's just if it's just sledging, like or words or whatever. Mm. Like you've, got to, you've got to have a mentality you on the pitch. To, you've got to have that mentality. Yes. Yeah. Level, if that was an issue. Yeah. Yeah. If you're wound up or that was affecting your game, you wouldn't be playing senior in the county football. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, you'd be far too emotional a character to be involved. Yeah, you've got to, you've got if if that is an issue, you've got to have, you've got to be working on that to get. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Um, and James, do you have react? Never for carry. I did maybe once with Legion, all right, but it was kind of an accident. Is it tougher with the club because you probably know the lads more? You're playing against them more, and you're you know what's coming. It was. That's what moves you're in. Clifford did actually react. We were playing him in a club match as well before and he threw a nice dock. Um, and I mean, actually, like Clifford, Clifford's got a few red cards in a row, like, you know? He's, he's, he's tough out. Like, mm. the, I see fellas go, or saying, oh, leave him alone. Don't want to yeah. leave him alone. He's well able to look after himself. Like, yeah, but yeah. I think that reacting, you're just leaving down your own team and leaving down yourself yeah. and you're letting the, the sledger, let's say, win. Mm. Whereas the only way to actually beat him is on the scoreboard. And we've heard quotes so many times about all the great well, like, players saying react on the Tommy scoreboard. Welch, Tommy Welch last week said it about DJ Kerry. Um, when Kerry was getting a bit of, a bit of abuse, Kerry just turned around at halftime and said, lads, we're going to hurt them on the scoreboard. And that's the way he always dealt with it, like. That's what could, what, that is, the, that's, and that's inspirational as well to an extent, but what could someone possibly say to you that's going to throw you off your game? Say it to you. That's, that's going to be that's going to cloud your mind in a championship match when it's helter-skelter. I don't think... Yeah, well, well, obviously there's there's lines that can be crossed that I don't think any of us here would think of saying something like that, but like I'm not sure if that that is even happening. I think there was conversations around Sledge a couple of years ago, but I'm not sure... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's got maybe it's far worse than I, I can imagine. I've only ever heard harmless enough stuff. No. That, yeah, but maybe I suppose there is a line that can be crossed, but uh, yeah. This will happen in the championship. Guys will just get over it. Yeah. Um, Teams are not going to go out and try and give Clifford a free ride. No. The best players yeah. have always yeah. been since the dawn of GA, and it will continue to be the case. Yeah. You can, well, yeah. today, was, and he gave the right answers yesterday. Uh, yeah. I think, Roy yeah. Roy Keane actually told me before I go on, didn't Roy Keane said he was, uh, <laughs> he was caught out one time where, was it, he was playing for Forrest. Was it against Liverpool or something? And one of them recited his, his girlfriend's phone number to him. <laughs> Did that happen to Keane? I didn't know what happened to Keane. thrown by it. Well, I, I was wondering, I'm not going to name names here, but did, was there ever a stage of one of the throne books had a number written on their arm, no? Or is that, is that a myth? A phone number as well, was that? Of a Kerry, of a Kerry Fuppler's partner. Is that made up? Have I made that up? <laughs> I don't know. It could be true. Probably is true, but it wouldn't even be mentioned again because it's just nonsense, just noise. Like. Yeah, you probably wouldn't even know Christina's number off by heart, would you? <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's just give a shout out here to the football pod Fantasy Football League, right? Paddy, you had a great week last week. We won't mention this week. Okay. Paddy finishes 96th out of 100, 94th out of 130 odd. Oh, uh, 100. I'll say it's a top I, 100. I, <laughs> like, I'm, I, have nothing, I have nothing to brag about. So Paddy got 1154 points. I have nothing to brag about. I got 1417. I'm 54th. James, you did a bit better. You're 36th. You had over 1500 points. So fair play to you. Number 10 in our team was Emma Tierney. I don't know what county she's from. She's from. It's just down as Udder. Uh, her team name is again and again. She got 1,732 points. Martin McNamara from Ackle, one of two Ackle members in the top 10 is ninth. Kevin Ford is eighth. He had been top at one stage. Same with, with Martin. Carl Killen of Mayo Bridge is seventh. Connor McGinty, again of Ackle, is sixth. Ryan Donnelly from Shandona is fifth. Shane Hanley of Munter Connacht is fourth. And now into the top three. I've promised you prizes, so I'm going to have to get in touch and track you down and get your your addresses off you. So feel free to get in touch on DM. My DMs are open on Twitter. 
Number three, Connor Noonan from Carberry, all out attack. And now there will be a bit of bartering and negotiating about these prizes too, because I have two confirmed and I have two maybe in the mix now that I haven't settled on which because I have a story behind it. I'll, I'll come back to that. All will be explained. Connor Noonan is third from Carberry. Uh, weekly score of 273. Well done, Connor. You got 1,804 points. Pretty sensational. Um, pretty impressive. Just to look at the stars that you had in your final team there. You had Mulroy, you had McKiernan, you had Sweeney, you had Enda Smith. Paul Conroy probably got you over the line. He got you 48 points. Oh, the who's who of the... Yeah, there you go. Niall Hassan had an outrageous final day. He got 342 points that shot him up from uh, sixth position up to second. Johnny Heaney, Paul Conroy, Ian Corbett. He had Mickey Graham and Raymond Galligan as his manager and goalkeeper. Sweeney and David Clifford who got 86 points. Um, in his attack so well done Niall you finished second and Darrow O'Connor I think Darrow has a, a podcast himself um, from his common number one fair play to you Darrow Darrow's all-stars again he had Galligan and Graham he had a defence of Niall Daly Sean Kelly Ian Corbett and Jared Smith playing at the weekend Enda Smith and Natty Tierney in midfield Clifford wasn't his captain so he got 43 points Connor Sweeney was his captain he got 60 and he also had Ryan O'Donoghue and Shane Walsh in there so Dara well done uh, from the Kilbride well Club fair play lads just to let you know play for the championship sign up again all the proceeds go to the underage um, facilities in Own Rua GA Club it's a great way of raising money for your club a real innovative way and we all get a bit of crack out of it so sign up again for championship you have to sign up for a new game so do that and we'll open up a new league and we'll find some new prizes for later down the line some championship prizes you may even get a shooting session I saw Paddy Andrews down coaching that was the Bridget's under 14s girls or the under 12s girls recently coaching them I did a lot of coaching the last couple of weeks like. so there you go Paddy Andrews Just might even come boots. down might even come down and do a coaching session in your club. I haven't signed them up for that yet, so don't hold me to it. So uh, sign up now. You can go sign up. The first week end of the championship does not count for the football championship. There's a bit of quirk to the system. The Hurling League is launching this week. The football will be the week after. So Tyrone's first game will not count in your scoring. So take that into account when you're picking your team. All the rules are explained on fantasygaelicfootball.com. Paddy Andrews, James O'Donoghue, it's been a pleasure once more. Thanks very much for joining me this evening. Another mammoth pod Fair play to you. The Football Pod listeners are all appreciative of it. They're listening in their droves. Listenership figures are great. That's my way of telling you. So well done. You're doing a great job, boys. Thanks very much. baby. James, I hope you're feeling better, man. Uh, You've did well to stick with us throughout this pod. You've had a tough 48 hour slash 72 hour bug. I feel like you're you're, you're better now. I don't feel too bad. No, you cheered me up a bit, to be fair. So thanks. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Great spending time in your company again. Well played, James. Cheers, boys.